Welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morse. Today, I have a very, very special guest. I know this man for a very long time. And um, now we both happen to live on the West Coast, like a lot of the East Coast people. Mm-hmm. Um, please welcome to the podcast, Ray Moyoga. Ro- no, Roy. Sorry, sorry. I don't know why I said Roy. I wow. fucked. Wow, right you know, out you the know gate. You know why, Roy? You know why? why? You know why? 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 I'm concentrating. Hang on a second. Everyone's I'm called con- me Ray for years. No, no, no. I know and now, you, and now you call me no. Ray. And you've known me for years. Listen, people. Holy the reason why, shit. Listen, I'm so focused I'm not fucking up your last name. You fucked up my first I name. I fucked up your first name. His name is fucking Roy. <laughs> Mo- Mo- Roy. May Orga. May Orga. Very easy. And so listen. How it's spelt. <laughs> R-O-Y. But How do you listen, fuck up R-O-Y? But listen, I know you my whole life. I love, way this, I love the way this is starting out. Me too. I love, I know you for so long. But just now, I was saying before the podcast started, when you start interviewing your friends and start looking, Googling them and seeing things, I'm like, fuck. I never even had to say this dude's last name the whole time I've known him. Or just people with nicknames. Or my first. No, listen, Roy. Anyway, <laughs> I love how this shit started. Okay, welcome to the podcast, my friend. And it's Roy. I know, Roy. I know. I like to call him Maurice. So yeah, he likes to call me Maurice. Some people so, call me Maurice. So you just turned you just turned fifty, and I just turned fifty. Yeah. Two days apart. I realized that today too. Both both born in nineteen seventy. Both Aries. Yeah. Um, was it weird having your birthday on lockdown? Yeah, I mean, definitely weird. I mean, we had a we had a little actually a little getaway planned mm. and that went south yeah and uh lost a bit of money but that's okay got some of it back yeah um ended up having a, a impromptu zoom meeting party instead Sick. which was pretty cool that's my, all the rage that's what's happening now my okay. wife organized it i was like oh this is great so i had a drink with you know that's bunch cool. of friends and happy birthday and that was it that's awesome so yeah you got gypped from it too Everybody, everybody, I get you too. And my wife's like, "We're just gonna have crossroads in the front yard." And we're sitting in the front yard, and then all of a sudden, she's like, "Go outside and look out the fence." And then my mom and my brothers and some friends they came by in a parade of cars. That's with amazing. signs, and they had uh, they had T-shirts of me for my fiftieth and beat the horns. It was awesome, man. That's that was, pretty cool. But I was supposed to be in New York, had like a sold out birthday show in New York for my fiftieth, and then wow. that didn't happen. So where was that supposed to be? Shit, it's a, it's a, the name's like a French name. It's like a spot downtown. It has no barricade. It didn't have any punk shows before. Mm. It's in Greenwich Village. They call it. We used to call it Greenwich Village. I don't know why I'm saying that. <laughs> but it's like the Lower East Side area. And it was, it's a new La Fou. La Fou Fou? No, that, that, that's fucking uh, in uh, Montreal. Yeah, La Fou La Yeah, Fou La Yeah, Electric Fou Um. So, well, welcome to the podcast. I'm stoked to have you here. Yeah, me too. Um, your fucking resume is insane. I mean... From nausea to uh, soulfly, shelter, medication, ministry, sepatora for, for a tour, stone sour, hell yes. Um, and then you did some scoring and a bloom was one of your bands. And yeah. So, so, so let's take it back to you were born in New York, correct? I was born in New York. Manhattan, Queens or just Queens. What part of Queens? It's uh, really important for the listeners. Forest Hills, Queens. Forest Hills. Home of the Ramones. Sick. I lived there for the first uh, five years of my life. Okay. Yeah. And you got brothers and sisters? I have one brother, older brother. And uh, how was that growing up? How, how were you in school? How were you? How was your house? <clears throat> were you like a strict family or? Eh, it's loosely. It yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't too strict. I mean, I had, I had really cool parents. My mom was really supportive in what I was doing. And she actually noticed uh, me being a drummer before I even knew I was a drummer. So she kind of like, you know pushed me in the right direction got, awesome. you know, got me a little toy drum kit and you know from, were you banging on shit or something oh yeah always yeah. she 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 noticed that straight away like with the pots and pans and all that and 
boxes and she's like okay i gotta get this kid a little little tiny drum kit like something you know you know the drums were pretty expensive back then so yeah. um best thing she could do is get like a mickey mouse style drum kit from toys r us you know and went to town on that um yeah that's about it and just you know had my older brother like pointed me in the right direction with you know certain bands like you know kiss and yeah, black yeah. sabbath acdc rush you know those are the bands that i listened to growing up to learn from yeah, how old were you then? Like, what age do you think? I must have been like, I don't know, six, seven. Yeah. And then how was growing up, going to school in Queens? Like, were you a good student? Did you like school? I actually didn't go to school in Queens because by the time I was five is when we moved out of there and we moved to Florida because my, my dad had a had a job. Oh, wow, okay. A job offer down there. So we lived there for a few years and uh, I went to school down there. I didn't like it. Yeah, it's a big change, drastic yeah, change, probably. Yeah. We lived in Hialeah, Florida, pretty uh, sketchy part of town. <laughs> so you went to school. What, what, how much? How long did you live there for? I lived there from 1975 till about 79 ish. Okay, something like that. So I went to like you know preschool, kindergarten, first, second. Yeah. And then you went back to Queens. No, when my parents uh, got divorced, unfortunately, um, we wanted to move back to New York, back to Queens, but we just couldn't afford to go. You know, yeah. live there and move all the way back there. So my, you know, we went to Pennsylvania, where my mom's sister lived. Okay, and we moved to this place called Allentown, Pennsylvania. Oh man, which is <laughs> the Lehigh Valley. Everyone knows it as. No Allentown very well. Yeah, I know you do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we I lived there up until I was about seventeen. So you went to school there. I did go to school. And there. How was that? Was it like culture shock going from? Queens to Florida to Pennsylvania was not culture shock, but well, was I wasn't. It? I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, coherent enough to even. Yeah. You know, realize that um, the culture shock was definitely. I noticed it between Florida to Pennsylvania. Like that was a big culture shock. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to blend in with the kids, and you know, just trying to figure myself out, and wasn't really too happy because of what was going on with my my mom and my dad at the yeah. time. You know, that's that's kind of too hard. Yeah. Yeah, it did hit me pretty hard. So I wasn't really that happy the first few years I was there. Did you did you lash out because of that? Like, I, I lashed I'm a out wild here. kid. I lashed out here and there, and then I found punk rock, and everything was fine. And <laughs> saved I, your life. And I found my my people, and made made yeah. life made life easier uh, to made life easy living in Allentown when I once I found my group, you yeah, know, and found what I was into, and found other people that were you know shared the same ideas. So it made it a lot easier. Yeah, so yeah. you got into punk more in Pennsylvania than yeah, that's where you kind of found it. Yeah, and not sure. not through your brother. Well, actually, through my brother. Okay, um, I remember him, uh, you know, bringing in you know Ramones records, Pistols, Clash, yeah. The Ruts, Killing Joke, stuff like that. This is probably around 1980, 81. That was like that cross fade year of the kind of music I was getting into. I was getting away from. You know the ACDCs and yeah, and Rush and Kiss and Black Sabbath, and I got more into that. That's because that's what my brother was listening to. It's cool. So naturally, I followed suit and got into that. Then found my own way with that. Yeah, yeah. found your own. Like that's kind of like my brothers got me into <clears throat> skateboarding and punk, and yeah, and then I really dived into that. And then they kind of went off and did like my brother was into new wave. I, yeah, I, I like same. I like really connected to it more than they connect. Even though they introduced to me, I really like dived into it. You know, right. Um, so yeah, so then then you're a punk rocker and you're in high school basically, huh? Mm-hmm. And so uh, what was your goals in high school? Like what did you want to do when you get out? I wanted to be doing what I'm doing now. Just okay. be a touring musician, being a band that's going to 
be on go on for a long time and yeah. make records and you know have a career that way you know it took a long time to get to that yeah i quit school to go do this basically oh you did to go on a little my first big road trip with my first band which was youthquake youthquake yeah <laughs> no, and that was, that was pennsylvania yeah it was pennsylvania what did you guys sound like um kind of like that fast melodic kind of hardcore like seven seconds nice ish a lot yeah. of a lot of that <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of awesome. a cross between that and maybe some of the dc kind of sound great because our singer was really into rights of spring and stuff great. like that it's awesome. So I was more into discharge and exploited. So you kind of put that together and you get youthquake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Discharge and rights of spring. That's crazy. Yeah. Our, our guitar player was really into the West, some of the West Coast stuff like RKL and mm-hmm. shit like that. RKL. Mm-hmm. Shout out to, shout out to uh, Josh Brown, the drummer from RKL. That's yeah. Keep, keep laughing was like the soundtrack of that band in 1985. Like I used to love that. That album to me was like God. Wow. Yeah. Um, so. So you said seven seconds. That's awesome. You're a big fan of them as well. Yep, seen them around that time. Walk, walk to go, walk, walk together, walk together. Yes, was that, that was great. I saw them in, in this place in Lehigh Valley called uh, West Caddy Playground in Catasauqua. Wow, in Whitehall. That's where all the hardcore shows were happening. This band called Russian Meat Squats. Uh, uh, Scott Andrews, singer of that band, used to put on shows there. Okay, everyone from DRI, COC, Circle Jerks, like that. Oh, we'll come through that, there. Yeah, I saw everyone that came through there. And how far was that from <clears> Philly? About hour and change. Yeah, so you get to play Philly and go there too. Yeah, it's like that. I used to go to Philly shows too. I used to go to Trenton City Garden City shows. Gardens was the best. Yeah, I used to make little road trips doing that. Uh, I used to see shows at Revival. Yeah, the Revival. Yeah, Philly. I've been there. And I lived in Philly for a little while too, just before moving back to New York on my own. Which I'll, okay, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so you found punk rock and it kind of saved your life. You found this tribe and of people that you relate to and yeah. um, probably been through some of the same shit you've been through. I feel like that's the, the underlining theme of everybody that comes on the podcast, regardless if your music sounds different than mine or Derek's. We all come from this scene of these people that come from not the perfect households, but we all met each other in this scene and we became part of this family that's kept us connected for 20, 30 years. You know, it's, right. it's something super special, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, so you quit school to... So when did you start playing drums though? Like what inspired that? Well, your mom, so you're playing drums, you get an early drum kit. I would started s- playing seriously in high school? I would say, I mean, playing drums was more of an, an, an instinctual thing. It wasn't something I was conscious of, like, okay, I want to start playing drums. Yeah. It was just something I kind of just instinctively gravitated to. Yeah. And then started learning what a drummer is after seeing it on TV, like seeing, you know, Buddy Rich on the on the Johnny Carson show. Or, yeah. Or see, like, glimpses of, like, anybody, any band playing, you know, um, Kiss. Seeing yeah. Kiss on TV for the first time seeing you know zeppelin on tv and just like holy shit this is what i want to do i want to yeah. i want to do this i heard kiss alive hearing that yeah i want to be that guy yeah i want to be that mm-hmm. that's exactly what i want to do in my life and, and so your parents are totally supportive of that yes even well, when you quit school. my dad not so much he was he was he was really academic. My dad was like mm. you know he was really into he was a civil engineer. He did a lot of electronic you know did electronic work like had a quality control for some you know electronics you know company. Nice. My mom, just a mom, you know. Yeah. And she like you know other than being just a mom, she was an artist. You know she liked to do illustrations and stuff like that. She used to do that. So That's awesome. I get that more from her. Yeah. Yeah. So she was super supportive. Your dad was like, mm, you could be doing this or better yeah. than that. But my mom was like, no, no, no. He's going to do this. 
So even when you quit school, they were, they were like, we get it. Well, my mom was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to let you, I'll let you do this. But once you do this, you, <laughs> there's no turning back. Yeah. You better, you better, uh, I'll support you on this, but you better go move forward with this. hundred percent. And don't fuck around. So how did, how did it go with that first tour with your band? Well, it wasn't really like a long tour. Yeah, it, it was like, like, you know, a little tri-state. Tri-state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like a few days, like, you know, weekend here, a weekend there. I loved it. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is great. I mean, traveling at, in the beginning wasn't <laughs> so great. We weren't in a van. I mean, I remember being in, in our guitar player's uh, baby blue, baby blue uh, Pinto. Wow. <laughs> so we <laughs> just threw all our shit in, in the hatchback. I wore some, wore some of my drums on my lap, and I remember the guitar player, excuse me, excuse me, everyone, um, <laughs> wearing like had his like guitar amp in his lap and everyone had their stuff in their lap. And I remember our, our singer drove. Okay. He had his microphone in between his legs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Singers. Easy. We have the easy one. Yeah. That's all we need. <laughs> but I was always in the fear of like, oh man, I hope we don't get rear ended in this thing. We'll die immediately. Or, yeah. Cause cool. you know, Pintos were known for blowing up. If you just even tap them on the back. I didn't gas, know that. Yeah. The oh, gas shit. tank was there. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> there's that. Um, I was going like, oh, it'd be great to get in a fan one of these days. And we did. It was awesome. So how long did that band last? Um, about two years. Okay. I, we, I started with them when I was 15. I was in like ninth grade. Wow. And it was with three other kids from another school from the next county, mm-hmm. from uh, Catasagua. They went to Caddy That's High. Right. Okay. I went to Whitehall High School. They went to Catasagua High School. But we all met each other in the scene. Yeah. And then we got together and practiced like uh, at our, one of our friends' like uh, basement. Nice. Yeah. So, um, do you guys have like a following too? Start having a good following. Pretty decent following. Yeah. Yeah. We used to play like once a month, mm-hmm. every two months. You know. Were you working then too? Besides that. What's that? Were you working a job too as well during that time? I started working. Yeah, I was I was I was a shoe dyer. I was dyeing satin shoes. Wow, I never even heard of that shit. At, I mean, I know what happens, but I know somebody did that at Baker's Baker Shoes in Lehigh Valley Mall <laughs> <laughs> for like God knows for how much of an hour, maybe three something an hour. Holy shit! And basically, they're they're satin shoes. They're blank, and you have this like this like alcohol liquid dye, and you have to dye shoes for like proms or weddings. And yeah, that was the job. You know, that's what I did. Uh, I had I had to match, you know, wedding dresses or you know whatever, and just match the color, and that's what I did. That's that crazy. My, that was my first job. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, it's, it's a job for everybody, and there's, there's always something you can do. That it's crazy. I never heard somebody that's a job. That's fucking. Well, I got the know, job. I don't think about things like that. I got the job because my friend was working there, and he 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 ended up getting a job at um, I think uh, the amusement park that was there in Allentown called Dorney Park. He's like, hey, I'm leaving. I'm leaving my job, and I got a job at Dorney Park. You want this job? They're looking for someone. I'm like, fuck yeah, I can use some money, <laughs> buy some more <laughs> records. I don't know. <laughs> That's so. How, so, how long did you work there for? Probably a few months. Yeah, yeah. And then music was super more important, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, when did you up going to New York? Like, how soon after that band did you leave? Well, after that band, um, I think our bass player in that band it quit, and then we just stopped for a while, and then we got back together, and it was just a, a different band. We ended up turning into this band called Word Made Flesh, and my brother ended up joining this band as second guitar player. Oh, shit. And what inspired that is we were doing just covers, and our guitar player from Youthquake suggested we do um, a Rutz cover. Okay. The song called You're Justa. Okay. And I was really, we were really into this, 
this band. Like I pretty much cat, all Caddy, Catasagua was really into old, later '70s punk. So we kind of had that kind of edge, like mm-hmm. you know, like Buscocks, Ruts, you know, more melodic. It's awesome. And once that started going, we got my brother in, and we started writing all these songs, and it was more like that. Okay. And it had more of the DC-ish kind of Rites yeah, of yeah, Spring yeah. vibe, Husker Du. Like that's more what the band sounded like. It's cool. And that lasted for about a, a year or two. And then uh, I wanted to leave. I just wanted to go somewhere else and, you know, explore. And I had a chance to move to Philly when uh, this other band was looking for a drummer. So I went, moved there. This band called Death Trip. Okay. Death Trip is was fronted by a really known, uh, popular person in Philly who's no longer with us anymore. His name is John Brubaker. Okay. He used to be in a band called Circle of Shit. Okay. Um, Philly punk band. He owned a record store called Chaos Records off of South Street on 4th Street. So I got word that they needed a drummer, and hmm. they called me, and I went down, and I ended up playing with them for a while. So you moved there. I moved there, and then uh, lived there for about less than a year. And then a really good friend of mine, Sean Roberts, you might know. Do you right know Sean Roberts? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was pretty tight with a lot of people up in New York in the in the in the punk scene there. And and uh, Nausea was looking for a drummer. Were you a fan of them? Oh, big fan of them. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so he gave me John's number, and we made the phone call, and I borrowed I, I borrowed twenty bucks from my friend, and I took a took a train up there, spent wow. two days, and with just 20 bucks and came back and I got the gig. the gig. So had you been in New York a bunch of times? Before oh yeah. Then? Yeah. Okay. okay. Way, well, tons of times. You're going I, to shows up there and stuff? Always. Yeah. Okay. I used to go to shows there a lot in between the years of, you know, when I was living in Allentown Yeah. before moving there, I used to go to shows there all the so time. So you're fans of the scene up there, of course, oh, yeah. the bands and everything. Yeah. yeah. I used to go to CB's, I used to go to, to the, the Ritz on 11th street to see yeah. shows. Um, you know, all that shit. So then, yeah, the rest is history. So how old were you then when you moved there? Then would that be 18, 19? I was 19. Okay. Yeah, I moved to New York City proper when I was 19. And you're in Nausea. I was in Nausea. And so Nausea was, how long have they been around before that? Since 1985. Oh, shit, okay. For a while. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so were you um, making albums with them? Were they... When you moved up there, had they made a couple albums already? No, they had they had one. They did a bunch of recordings actually with Jimmy Williams. Oh shit! Max from Max Maximum Penalty, okay. he was a drummer right before me, and there was a drummer before him named Pablo, who's no longer with us either. Okay. Um, uh, I know Jimmy was in Nausea. That's cool. Yeah, Jimmy okay. was in Nausea. Jimmy Jimmy played on a couple of recordings. He was on the Way It Is. Okay. Uh, record uh, the compilation compilation. Actually, no, I don't even think that's him. That's Pablo on drums. Okay. Yeah, that's the first nausea recording. New York City, the way it is, it's a great, it's a great comp. Yeah, it's a great comp. Um, so diverse to other bands. On very, there. very. Um, then Jimmy was with them for a few years, and then when Jimmy quit to to do Maximum Penalty full time, that's when I got I got okay. the call. Yeah. So I'm so you're in a band that you really love. That must have been awesome playing oh. like your first show with them and stuff. Yeah, it was great. I played my. I'm trying to remember where my first show was. I want to say it was. In a, some artist space across the street from a place called KGB. Okay. It's on 5th, I think. 5th between yeah. Bowery and 2nd okay. Avenue. I can't remember the name of the place, but it was like a weird okay. artist space. And that was my first show. And it was like in the summertime, right before even recording a record with them. I remember going to the studio with them 
like month after that. Okay. And recorded the first proper nausea album. And so when that record came out, was it, because I'm, I'm learning about Nausea now with you and separate about obviously I knew who they were but I feel like Nausea was from the scene but they also did their own kind of thing like ABC and the Rio and like more underground stuff as opposed to we're more, even, more anarcho-punk band we're you know we're squatter anarcho-punk band okay very political left-wing yeah. band you know yeah. yeah and you were squatting too out there or no I did for a minute Actually, I did. Was that part of the thing? Everybody was squatters in the band, or not? No, no, no. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. Three workers, it whatever. Well, here's the thing. I I did live in New York. I forgot to add between living in Philly and then moving to New York. There was a time where I was trying to get to New York anyway, and okay. I moved. I moved there and lived there for about a month, and it was around January. Oof! I squatted there in January. Damn! <laughs> it's fucking brutal. Well, how I squat- how I got there. I was working construction on this clothing store on South Street called Unique Clothing. I knew Unique Clothing, well, yeah. I, well, it's the same owners from the Canal Street one. So okay. they were opening one down there. I just happened to be walking past this place and I'm looking for just looking for work. And I walked in there and I goes, hey man, I need labor work. You guys need anyone? They're like, yeah, you can work with us. So I started doing sheetrock in there. Wow. And the crew that was working there were from New York. They okay. all lived in Lower East Side area. And I told him, like, you know, I'm originally from there. I always want to, you know, get help back there one of these days. So when the job was done, the guy I was working with was like, hey, you know, I'm squatting over here on 7th Street between C, B, and, B, and, uh, B and C. You can come with me. Great. So I started squatting there. Which is gnarly back then. It was fucking gnarly as shit. He lived, That's... <laughs> he didn't tell me he lived in the basement of this squat, which is extra cold. Oh, <laughs> so, shit. So... He takes me in there. We go. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we get into the building. We we, we have to go through the like, to go through between two buildings to get behind the, this building, the entrance to the Seventh Street squat. And lived in the basement. There was a little space heater, um, a hot plate, and two sets of uh, um, um, what do you call it? Um, sleep, sleeping bags. Okay. I lived like that for a couple of weeks until I found another spot to live in. The other spot I found to live in it was on Eleventh Street between. Uh, uh, B and C, and that was with Frenchie. Oh wow! Frenchie I lived the skin. Rest I, in peace. That's when I first met Frenchie. I lived wow. right. I lived right next door to him. Frenchie, he was like an old school squatter. Very there, old right? school. Yeah, but we've met previously before. But okay. then I ran into him again. Hey, what's up? He's like, Hey, man, how you doing? Sweet guy. I love Frenchie. We all love Frenchie. Yeah. I miss Frenchie to death. A lot of people lived in this place. I remember some guy named Dominic was living there. Um, some kid named Grim. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Remember a guy named Yoda. Maybe you Skinhead heard Yoda. Maybe, yeah. yeah. He lived there. A lot of people lived there. Holy shit. So I lived there for like a few, another month. And then I was like, you know, I, I kind of getting over this. You know, there's nothing going on. So I ended up just moving back to Philly and yeah. continue to play with, you know, with Death Trip. Yeah. And then I, and then once I got the call, it was summertime when I got the, heard the call for nausea. And that's when mm-hmm. I moved back. Did you ever place Lib when you got, when you joined nausea? I did actually. Okay. I ended up staying with uh, Amy and Roger in oh, Staten, wow. Staten Island. Awesome. Yeah. The famous house out there, yeah. yeah. I lived in that house. There's a bunch of pit bulls out there too. Yeah, I lived in I lived in Frenchie's old room in the basement. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit! We yeah. agnostic front fan too as well. Of course. Yeah. Man, oh my god. Dude. I mean, I still, still listen, I still listen fans. to Victim in Pain to this day, and it still it still makes me feel those feelings too. God, yeah. yeah. I was just memories. thinking that the other day, like the two records I still listen to from eighty five, eighty six is definitely Victim in Pain. And definitely Age of Quarrel, Chromax. Yeah, Those man. two records really do it for me still. And, and it, it sounds so great too, man. It still does. 
Yeah, it still sounds fucking great. And it great. brings you back to like a time in your life. You, you know exactly what you were doing during the time of those records or just seeing I those bands totally at that do. time. And yeah. Wow, so now you're playing in Nausea. Now you're living in New York. Um, so you get a job. When you get there too, you're straightly just playing music only. I got a job. I started, I worked all kinds of jobs there. I was, I was <laughs> <laughs> did all kinds of things. Some things I shouldn't talk about. Um, yeah, legal uh, and non-legal. Yeah. yeah, very Yeah. Very much so, legal and non-legal. The hustling out there, yeah. I did I did some, uh, a lot of, const- some construction work when I first moved there. And, and, all, and, and fortunately, you know, we being with, you know, Nausea, knowing John John, bass mm-hmm. player, he was working at, at Save the Robots, and I would be oh, I'd be working there too with them. Nice. Sometimes I do co checks. Sometimes I'll I'll be busting tables and picking up whatever is on the floor, you know, or mm. help him run liquor or whatever, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Um, then I worked at Tower Records for a long time in the, the fam- t- on one of Broadway. Yep. Wow. In the tape department downstairs. One, dude. That in the was tapes. Fun. In the tapes. Sets. Man, remember those? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tower. That, that was a that was a amazing location. That was yeah. Like the shit. It was great. It was awesome. Um, but handyman shit. You mentioned. Uh, construction a couple of times mm-hmm. did you how'd you learn that you learned that growing up to be just, handy like that no i just picked it up you know mm-hmm. i just kind of said i can do it and did that's it good that's how i got all my jobs oh yeah i could do that figure, and out. Just figure, figure it out. out as i go that's awesome same thing with sound it's a real confidence same thing with sound that's right you're doing sound that's, that's right. how i learned how to do sound i said i can do it and <laughs> i did it wait where's your first sound gig at um a lot of people. I, I would. I was going to say CBs, but it wasn't. Yeah. CBs was a little bit after I started learning how to do it. But, but just over the years of being on a drum on, on the drums, just yeah. watching how sound engineers put together the mics and t- dialed in sounds. That's more or less how I learned. Just watching. Yeah. And then when and when when I was up to bat to do sound, it was at Wetlands. Wetlands is right. Right before the hardcore shows were, were there. Okay. I started doing it just a little bit before when it was just straight up, just regular bar band, jam band. But reggae, hip hop is a bunch of A lot stuff. of reggae, a lot yeah. of hip hop, a lot, yeah. lot of Grateful Dead kind of like, you know, hippie jam band jam stuff. Jam band, yeah. Um, once I got my chops rolling there, then out of nowhere, Jimmy Gestapo shows up, hey, Roy boy, I'm going to have the hardcore shows here. I'm like, yes. Dang. So Jimmy said it off. I there think Jimmy's the one that brought it in. I think I Jimmy. Him, I think Jimmy and and um, Rabies were the ones that brought brought the shows there. Okay. Most I, I'm almost positive. And when I, and when I got wind of that, I was so fucking excited. I'm like, oh, this is great. Because mm-hmm. remember, there was a period when there wasn't any hardcore Sunday matinees at CB's. It stopped for yeah, a long did. time. And it got crazy there. It did get crazy there. I was there for the one day it got crazy. I was, I was there too. Was it the Killing Time show? Yeah. Yes, the gun. I was, there too. I was right there. I was right out front. I was hiding behind Anthony. I was right out front, homie. I was right oh. out front, leaning against a car, having a cigarette talk with Amy, actually, nausea. Yeah. Amy. We're just bullshitting. And I remember this kid, I guess he wasn't allowed in the club. And I can remember him like kind of stumbling back with this big silver gun yeah, man. in his hand. And I just kind of like stood there with my mouth open, like, <gasps> I'm like just stood there. Everyone hit the deck. I'm still like standing. Like, I remember Amy like fucking hit the deck. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> dude, that was crazy, man. And, 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 and I think that was the I think that was the the the, the nail in the coffin for it, for uh, CB shows. I'm not sure what happened and why. I Me just, either. I just I remember seeing, seeing that. So you were there too. Yeah, I never seen somebody pull a gun out my life. This first time seeing somebody yeah. have it out like that. Like, Me too. Actually, that was my first time as well. What year was it? 89, maybe. No, that was 90. 90. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Shit, man. So then they moved to the wetlands. Yeah, they man. They moved to the wetlands. And then Coney Island High came a little after that. And yeah, wetlands. And then wow. I, I said, so no, so I was the sound guy for all the matinee shows at wetlands because there was some crazy none, of the, none of the regular there. guys wanted to do it. <laughs> there, was, there, there was some crazy 
I saw some weird shit there. There was some vi- there was some vi- there was some crazy shit pop up. I think the most there, fucked up show I've ever seen at Wetlands was Carnivore. Jesus. I don't know if I'm not familiar with the band. I know the name. I just Carnivore. That's Peter Steele's. No, I, know, I never really heard him. I just know the okay. name. I know the history, but <laughs> I can was, I can remember it ended with it it ended and started with a a dead goat carcass being thrown wow. everywhere. And at the end of the de- at the end of the night, sorry, I had I know. <laughs> at the end of the night, wow. all there was was just a head. <laughs> Holy I'm shit! I'm like, I'm not picking well, you that thing that? up. Yeah, uh, you, you can you can concur on this story, right? Oh my god! John Bloodcloud, you always talk about how doing shows with them and that's crazy. Having to do a show with them and just explaining to them like, hey, I better not see any meat on this stage while it was pretty. It's pretty pretty messed up. Yeah. yeah. So now it, it makes sense now when I think about it. I'm like, duh, they call carnivore. Of course they're gonna have. I never even thought about they would do something like that. I got you. Okay. And the other craziest. That was the thing. The, the other the other the other the other crazy experience there also is watching or doing sound for Crash Worship. You remember them? I heard the name. Yes. Yeah, I think they're from Bay Area. They're kind of like this, like, tribal industrial kind of band. Okay. Just just really painted up and just really messy and raw sounding. They drew, <laughs> they drew so much power because I mic'd all their stuff, okay. like all their metal percussion. It sounded great for the first five minutes. And then all of a sudden, all the power in the stage area went out. and half the building went out. Damn. And when it went out, this, the, 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 what do you call it? The, the, the searchlight things came on. The, the, fire, the firelights came on from behind them Damn. On, the, on the stage. And it looks so cool. And it actually worked out perfect because it, acoustically it just sounded amazing off stage wow. and I remember they had this like milk canister full of water and they were passing it everywhere around the crowd and it was like the whole place was soaking wet it was so hot in there too it, it was, was really hot, so in there. hot in there man. it was pretty amazing so those, actually the other one was watching Rage Against the Machine for the first time there holy shit they, what year would that be like 90 right before their album dropped 92 maybe 92. yeah, this, yeah. One, this one Street Team and Word of Mouth was around that because was I had no idea who this was I knew who Zach was because Inside, Inside Out I had no idea he had a no whole other band so when I saw him in there I'm like that's dude from Inside Out holy shit and I'm like this is what the hell is this and they fucking busted into <laughs> holy shit the, like the crowd already knew some of their songs which is crazy that's pre-internet too that's pretty amazing there's 600 actually. or 700 people packed into wetlands Fuck. you know how small that place yeah. is yeah yeah it was insane damn were you a fan from the jump seeing them oh god yeah from the, from the first moment i heard yeah the them kick in i'm like all right they're great yeah they, they were on some other level back then that's crazy Big man. time I, I, I got to play there two nights with Agnostic Front when they did the reunion. That was really fucking awesome. Mm. There was so many benefit shows I've there. I've done Sound For You many times. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've done Sound For Your first show. With Ranson and Avail? Yes. Holy but shit, you, but, dude. But you didn't sound like this version of H2O no, yet. No, screaming, yeah. Yeah, he was full on like, like total hardcore screaming, and it sounded great. And then That's two, from the end of our first album. Oh, okay, and then two weeks later, he comes back with what you hear on the first album. I'm like, what the hell? That's true. The seven inch. I'm like, out. you yeah. can sing. He's like, he's like, fuck, fuck I don't want to scream anymore, man. I want to sing. I'm like, fuck yeah. You sound great, dude. Holy, thank you, man. That's crazy. You were there. You did sound. Yes. That was a fucking. You sound checked with friend. Yeah. I'm like, right. where the hell did this come from? Yeah, marginal man. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> that yeah, that show was me, Armand, Pete, Tim from Henson. We jumped on stage and Ransom let's play one song. It was like a sold out show. Ransom, maybe let's go tour. Avail was yes. opening. We got to play one song. One just song. Screaming. And going crazy, falling over the shit, and then that was it. People were like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" I thought it was Holy great. Shit, thank you. Holy shit! 
So we have that recording in the record. It's fucking very interesting. That's cool. You did sound for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, you did sound. So you're actually on our first album. That's I crazy. Am. That's right. I owe you money for that. <laughs> uh, um, and Lars made a joke. He's like, new record, an epitaph next summer. And then we ended up getting signed like two years later, which anyway is weird. Um, holy shit, man. Amazing. So you're doing that and you're doing Nausea. Yeah. Was Nausea a pretty big band in the city? I think they're pretty, you guys are pretty big back then. No. Big not, enough for heart in that scene, no? Yeah, not really. I mean, not in America, not so much. But when we went to Europe, mm. you know, the first time um, after the record came out, we had a really good buzz going on there. We played every squat. I was going to say that. It was a big, big squat Squats tour. Squats were nice there, though. They, Amazing. They take care of you, too. Yeah. There's ramps that give you catering and like everything. I've never seen anything like that. It's like, wow, this is amazing. Like, they really have it together. Like, yeah. the idea of squatting a, a, a building and not letting it go to waste, mm-hmm. they had the right idea. Yeah, they, they take care of the, Yeah. Yeah. And they really live it, for sure. They do. And it was it was great to see. Um, that was like, your first time in Europe? My first time in Europe was with, with Nausea. My first ever record I ever recorded, proper record, was with Nausea. Everything Sick. that I've done, like, that I do to now is, was, they were, they were the first ones. Okay. Well, I mean, Youthquake and Word May Flesh were my first bands, but the, the band that I really started to do it with, like, make the records mm-hmm. and tour was Nausea, for sure. So you got there and it was way better um, uh, reaction to the record yeah. as in America, yeah. Yeah. Because the record just just been out for like what a month or two, and everyone had it, everyone knew it. We came there and it was, it was you guys great. In the van over there, yeah. We rented a, a, a van called Dicks. Nice. D I K S. Toyota Perfect. Toyota Dicks van. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was blue with yellow lighting. Big Dicks. Sick. It's pretty was awesome. The, was you guys sleep at the squats too? I'm sure you did. Obviously. Oh yeah, we stayed. You're living night. in a squat in America, then you go tour in a squat. Obviously, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was and awesome. probably a long tour too. Mm-hmm. We toured like crazy back then. It was like it was like four and a half, five weeks. That was normal back then. Yeah, I had my first my no tw- phones. My twentieth birthday was there. I was 19 when I showed up there, and I, and I and I left Europe a 20 year old. It was great. I can't remember where was I. 20. Oh yeah, we were taking. we my 20th birthday. We spent it on a boat ride from Denmark to Norway. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy it's when you awesome. go to Europe for the first time. You come back, you're like, "Holy shit!" It was amazing. Never it, seen anything it's incredible. Yeah, man. Like, to see all the street signs, different languages, different currency. There was different currency. Different side of the street driving. Yeah, everything. Well, that was in England. Yeah, we didn't get to England. We only did okay. Europe. So then you come back to America and you start playing shows. Is there a different reaction <clears throat> then since the record's been out for a little while? Oh or? yeah, definitely, absolutely. Then that's when we're playing, you know, more shows and more more you know shows at CBS, playing ABC in Rio. Then we did our first West Coast tour. Around 1990, with uh, Glisten Max and Neurosis. Oh shit! Uh, Mind Rot, which ended up being turning into that band Dystopia, I think. Okay, yeah. and that was a great reaction out here in Cali. Yeah, amazing. My first time on the West Coast was in, was then, and I, I can remember telling telling myself then, I'm like, I want to live here one of these days. Ten so years. What, so what year was that? 1990. Oh yeah, and you moved here when? 99. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. So nausea is like a full time thing then for you at that point. Absolutely. Yeah, making enough money to survive. You're in a squat, so you make enough money to survive. You're fucking, you're just living and playing music. Living and playing music, living, just working two, three jobs. You know, yeah. Lucky to jam a couple times a month and play a show. Yeah, you know, we, we used to do this hourly, you know, rehearsal Rehearsals. spaces. You kind of get what you get. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but Nazi didn't play like bigger mm-hmm. venues. Only strictly. They would never play a club with a barricade or expensive ticket. No, 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 no. Nothing it was like very that. Very underground. Very underground. Stayed very underground. Very underground. And who said that, was that they like the first ones to play ABC in a real in the sense back then? They started back then or no? It seemed like it was 
We we played it a bunch of times. Yeah. We played it when it was upstairs and we okay. played it when it was downstairs. Yeah. And that was just like the opposite of CBs. Like they're both underground, but that was more. It was even more underground than CBs. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was way more underground. Super more because CBs. I think, we, a, I think we played there with Green Day. ABC. Yeah. Wow. Back then. Because CBs smelled like shit, looked like shit, but it had a great sound. It was just a great energy. I try to tell everybody that they're like, "Oh, this place is shit." All I'm like, "Yeah, but you know what? They had the best fucking sound, and I'll tell you why." Because Roy did sound there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. He dialed, it, he dialed it all in, left it that way. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I'll explain to you why. Because first off, the the system is in mono. Okay. okay? So it, it's really punchy. It had like a it had like two sets of low mid and sub cabinets on either side of the stage. It had a row of high mid cabinets above the stage. True. And it had, I think, two or three two inch horns way above the stage. Two facing all the way straight straight down the room, and two actually two facing towards the middle of the 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 dance floor, and it just had a fucking punch, man. Like mm. and and also you had the the Soundcraft Series Two board, which I think had like a lot of Jensen and electronics, which uh, I think some like Neve or or some of the Neve uh, okay. components are similar or somewhat, but it had a fat sound to it. Yeah. It was a really simple system. Nobody's ever broken down CBGBs like that ever in my entire life. Like that's, I mean, that's, how, that's how I that's how I remember. Yeah, but you it. worked it, so you know it. Yeah, I love that there was no monitors on stage. I hate. Well, monitors there, on stage. Was. there was there was originally well, the sides, but yeah, but not on the stage itself. Yeah, right you didn't really need it. I mean, the, the the place was the stage was so loud. You didn't really need monitors. I mean, they had the side fills and they had one for the drummer in the back, and that's about it. Yeah, um, miking it was all. SM57s like this with mm-hmm. no spongy screen on the inside. That's yeah. that was part of the sound. So I think this the grill kind of gave it some fat mid-range to it. Okay. Um I remember all the drums were mic'd with that. <laughs> no 57s, just SM57s everywhere. No overheads. I think maybe a D112 inside the kick, and that was it. So who do you think set that up like that way? Who do you think put it all in there? Do a guy know? named Charlie Martin. Okay. He was a house engineer. At the Ritz on 11th Street. I heard he was the one that helped design that. Wow. Yeah. So it's like a legit sound. The way he's broken down, it seems like a legit real club, which it was. It's I'm a saying. JBL system. Okay, JBL. Okay. It's custom JBL system. Yeah, I mean, fuck. For stage diving, for running around stage, it's perfect <laughs> for everything. Like, And I remember the speakers up in the corner, because it was one that hit my head on it once at a token entry show. Cut my head right in the Is it the, one of the high out. mid cabinets? Yeah, man. Jumping up <laughs> to do a stage dive. Ouch. Smash my whole shit. And I was living with Jimmy Chunks. I was like 18 when it happened to me. And he's trying to do a show. I'm like, yo. And everybody's like, yo, you got blood coming on your forehead. Because I hit that speaker on the corner trying to do a stage dive. But yeah, wow. that's great. That's It was an incredible sound, man. Yeah. I always wonder what happened to that whole system. I, I like to know where it is, where it mm. exists. It'd be nice if they could set that up somewhere. So Nausea was happy to just play on the floor. Not really super DIY. Like, would, did Nausea really care about like just playing super squats with like kind of just on the floor maybe not so good as CB's like I think with nausea it, was, it, was, it wasn't really about that it was more about just getting our word across that's what I'm saying so it didn't yeah. matter where you played no. what kind of soundboard none of that shit not really well we want to make sure of, obviously there's a decent system for us to play through but yeah. that wasn't really our too much of our concern more of like more of our concern was are we going to have equipment to play on <laughs> yeah because yeah, yeah. we toured Europe I didn't, I didn't bring a drum kit Damn, I was borrowing people. I shit. borrowed the opening band's kit every night. It was a different kit every night, so that was a fucking challenge. Some nights wow. I got good kids, some nights not so good. Sometimes I would break, <laughs> I would break kids' drums. Yeah, you know, and I would feel bad. And obviously, whatever money we'd have, we'd 
give it to the kid, you know, to get yeah. new heads or, you know, I'd break symbols. <laughs> like, oh shit, you know. I used to I used to bring just the essentials. I brought brought my snare, I brought my pedals, brought my sticks. Okay. But everything else was all borrowed. Yeah. Our guitar players, they 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 brought just their heads. And we knew we used cabin, cabinets. new cabinets every day. Isn't it like a thing maybe now, like it's not really cool to ask somebody to borrow their drums because your drums are tweaked for you, aren't they? Yeah. If you loan them to somebody else, they could fuck up this. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's yeah. weird to ask for that, isn't it? Yeah. Like I could borrow a mic from somebody. It's a different different thing. I mean, I, st- I lend my drums to whoever. Yeah. I mean, even to this day, if even if like if we're, uh, we have an opening band and there's not a lot of room on the stage, I'd be like, use my fucking drums. Yeah, that's In right. fact, the awesome. last, last time I've done that was being out with Hell Yeah, Nonpoint, was was, open, point. was yeah fucking I point, love yeah. those guys yeah Rob um their drummer we showed up this place I can't remember where it was but it was like literally a foot of room there's no way you're gonna set up on stage like, just use my kit mm-hmm. I'll, I have no problem sharing my it's drum awesome, kit man. to this day yeah fuck no but I, I do feel like some people are weird about like in the drum world maybe like not borrowing it's like well look I, you ask uh, look I know what it's like to be the opening band too and have yeah. you suffer that shit I, I'm not gonna let anybody go through that if mm-hmm. I if I can help it yeah. you know and if they're cool with getting on my stupid drum kit play it yeah you can move a couple things you know you wanna use mm-hmm. your stool it's just lower or you wanna lower your snare drum yeah fine yeah I mean maybe borrowing somebody's mics kinda gross cause it's that's, that's gross it is kinda gross <laughs> if, you, if you think about it cause you're spitting on it that's like, fucking gross like Rusty brings his own I always forget to bring one on tour and, and you go on the stage sometimes, the microphone smells like it was up somebody's ass. Like, G- yeah. like Gigi Allen had it or something. Uh, yeah. Um, it's like really disgusting. And I feel like I realize now with the COVID and everything happened, like I am like a germ collector. They should make <clears> like <throat> a microphone condom that could take on and off every night, put on the microphone, take it off. But for me, I just hand the mic over to People are going to spit out. I collect germs all night long. I think That's everybody I in do. this room, I think our immune systems are fine because we used to hang out at CBGBs. That, yeah, that bathroom. <laughs> Oh, I've taken a shit on that bathroom Me so too. many times and had people. Me too. I've had many people times. Yeah, on the throne, on the stage. Yeah. yeah. People walk in like, oh, sorry, dude. Hang on. Oh, okay. I've done it many times. I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I but I do feel like we are. See, have, Toby and I have no shame. No shame. Whatsoever. I do feel like I do feel like people that tour like we did and travel and fly on many flights and sleep on floors. You do what I you feel like do. we have a different immune system to to the normal people, I guess, who don't had never done that. Not saying that we're immune to COVID or any kind of no. thing, the flu, but we do have a, a strong immune system because we, we've done a lot of shit like that, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. We put our bodies through hell yeah. and germs and touching things and traveling. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. We put ourselves through a lot of danger and probably didn't re- realize it. Yeah. <laughs> many close calls. I've had many close calls. Um, so how long you were in nausea for after? Like, How long did that last for you? I was in nausea from 89 till about, I think we stopped at the end of 91. 91? 91, 92. Yeah, it kind of... it kind of uh, Ran its course? Yeah, it ran its course. I mean, Amy left the band. When she left the band, I always, I always thought that felt the vibe just kind of went down, and I wasn't happy with that because I, I, I loved her You were vibe. close to her? Yeah, she was, yeah. she was my, you know, really close to her. She was my friend, you know? Yeah. And still, still, we're still good friends, and we still talk every now and then. Um, so when her vibe was gone, I just felt it was, it was definitely a big gap big, yeah. something missing there and even the crowd wasn't really there anymore either because mm. the crowd was there to see and hear her too totally. you know what I mean it's hard, to, it's hard to change that man yeah. swap that out man and her songs that she would sing wouldn't be really played anymore and I wasn't I don't know I just didn't didn't like mm. it so kind of just like I'm out yeah and, and then how long how long was you in between that gig and was Shelter next no there was one other 
the John John and I started another band called Thorn. Okay, that's right, Thorn. Yeah, that's right. Okay, we were more like an industrial kind of metalish kind it's of different. Yeah, way different. And it had the guitar player Stefan Flam from that uh, uh, sludgy doom metal band from Long Island called Winter. Okay, he was involved too. We did that for for a few years. You know, made one record uh, on Roadrunner Records. Nice. Didn't really do anything. Um, made another EP, did some shows, the like very, very light weekend touring stuff. Mm-hmm. Band didn't really do anything. So, you know, we tried it for a few years and then we just kind of disbanded. And then um, then I got the call from uh, Ray and Purcell. No, actually, I got the call from Mackie. Oh, shit. That's he, right, cause he was playing with them. <clears throat> he was just playing with That's them. Right. I think he was, going, he was going to go with Fun Loving Criminals. Yes, and I remember he calls me, or actually I saw him. I think it was like we were hanging out at Spiral or something like that. Spiral. I, I, I live down, down the street from Spiral Ball. Okay, so Spiral that, that's the bar. The that I used to, that's the spot we all used to hang out. Totally. And he pulls me aside, and he's like, he's like, "Yo, man, are you looking for a gig? You know, you know, Shelter's looking for a drummer." I'm like, "Cause I'm gonna be doing Fun Loving. You, you into it?" He's like, "Yeah." So he gave me Purcell and Ray's number, and I went audition and got the gig. And it was, for, it was for the Mantra album. Yeah. Yeah. Were you a fan of Youth of Today and Shelter oh, Fall? Hell yeah. Okay, awesome. Love that shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. So, so the first <clears throat> first band you loved was Nazi. You got to be in that band. Mm-hmm. And the next move is going to be Shelter, which is. Who was in the. Adam wasn't in there, though. Was Adam he? was in it. He was? Okay. That's when you guys. I'll get to that okay, part. Okay, okay, okay. This is how, this, they post Adam. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was ready, though. I know. I know. He, 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 was, he, he was ready. He was coming to, to us on our van and shit. No, but, I, I remember that. Um, um. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was, dude, that was a great tour. I'm going to get to that. Cause that Let's was, a, yeah, that yeah. was an amazing tour. I had best time with you guys, but, um, the so show, that's right. Mackie was before. Okay. Yeah. Mackie played with them. And then I joined and, um, did the rest of the tour of, um, for the mantra album. I went to Brazil. Great record, man. I went to Brazil with huge, them. Huge. Their bodyguards, everything. Oh dude. Huge there. Uh, dude, Brazil. Fucking hit song. It was like, holy shit. Here we go again. It was huge. Yeah. It was huge. So my first tour with them was in Brazil. The first time going to South America? Yeah. Sick. My first time ever going to South America. It's fucking awesome. And then um, we did Europe. And then we did America. Yeah. With you. So, H2O. So and Downset. That's right. Yeah. So South America, though, Adam told me all about that. I think Adam got, that's what Adam wasn't in the band anymore after that, I don't think. No? He got fired in South America. He was there, though. He was there, but I think he got. Actually, uh, that was his last tour. Mm-hmm. So wait, so then went Europe, America, then Brazil. Yeah, so wasn't Adam and H2 up at the time we toured with Shelter? Or no? No. Okay, that's interesting. No. I, re- I, can rem- I, recall, I recall Adam kind of hanging out yeah. with you guys more when we got toward the West Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, riding in your van and stuff. I rode in your van a few times too, yeah, yeah. just hanging out, you know. Um, that was fun, man. That was amazing. So what year would that tour be? 90, 96. 96. H2O, yep. Shelter, Downset. That's a sick tour, yep. man. Your Downset were killing it right then too, right? Amazing. With Anger. I think it, no, I think it was uh, uh, Check Your People was, oh, wait, Check was, your was, yeah. was the album, the second album. Shout out to Ray, man. I talked to Ray. Ray. I talked to Ray, yeah. Shout I love Ray. Um, damn, so, okay, so South America, <clears throat> first time going there, you're on MTV, your bodyguards, huge fucking shows, right? It's weird, yeah. That's like a totally different, from nausea to that, it's just two Way different, different worlds. Yeah, actually with Shelter, it was the first time I ever played one of those big European rock festivals. Mm. How did you feel coming from your the way you 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 were with your beliefs, squatting, playing small venues, like not you know what I mean? To all of a sudden being into the total opposite spectrum of music, kind of in a sense where 
big stages, security, big song on TV, MTV. Mm-hmm. It's a drastic difference from mm-hmm. Nausea for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, well, Nausea, Nausea wouldn't wouldn't fit that criteria. It wouldn't be no, to, I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, it's two different worlds for sure. I enjoyed um, it. I mean, yeah. it, it was great. It was it was great to 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 play in a more should I say it more professional yeah. side of, of, of the, of the scale. And then that yeah. was fine. I never experienced that. Yeah. I never experienced that level before. And to play in front of like a hundred thousand people in the daytime. It's fucking crazy. It was man. fucking brutal. I loved it. Yeah. 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 I, I can remember like the first time walking on stage with Ray and Purcell and Adam and, and Franklin and just Franklin. like, Holy shit. I remember looking at Franklin. I'm like, you believe this shit? He's like, he's like, yo, man, that's fucked up. You know, he, you know, you know how Franklin like, like I love he, him. he speaks really, really low. Like, yeah, yo, totally. Yo, yo. I fucking miss that dude. I haven't seen him in for years. He's out here. Man. We're gonna find him. We're I heard he's down. out here, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I really want to see him. I really want to hang out with him and just bro down. Um, he's, he's, he's how was great. that trial for shelter? Awesome. Was I it in the city somewhere? It was in the city. It wasn't like SIR. It was somewhere on the west side. Uh-huh. Some like hourly place. Yeah, and I remember showing up there with just you know my symbol snare, kick, and I hadn't seen Ray and Purcell for a long time. Long time. Not, not since like their youth of today. Damn. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, what's up, man?" I'm like, "Hey, what's up, man? You ready to do this shit? Cool." First song was uh, "Message to the Bakapod." Sick. Actually, I did the first. <laughs> did the first three. The first three off the record. That was the tryout. Sick. And then a couple like uh, from the, a couple of the older ones. Yeah. I remember what what they were. But, and so, how many days you have to practice for that? Was it like? I practiced for like. I took about a week. Yeah. I took about a week on my own. Had the, you know, Walkman headphones on and just played the songs and just figure out my hand, my hand uh, movements mm-hmm. for that. And then showed up and just played. Who played on that record originally, the drummer? Dave, Dave DiCenzo. Okay. Who actually later that same year was in White Devil with Harley oh, in, in uh, Paris. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, to say Dave DiCenzo, I think he was from, he went to Berkeley. Okay. Boston drummer. And I'm not sure how he got in with with uh, with Shelter, but mm-hmm. yeah, he kicked ass on that record. That record's drumming on that slamming dude. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah, record's my favorite. He's Shelter a great record. drummer. So then Europe was great too, right after that. Yeah, Europe was great. Um, I remember the middle of that European tour, which I thought was the highlight, other than opening up for Venom at Dynamo. That's sick. And that was their first time back together as the three. Wow, <laughs> I can remember me Franklin and I are in the middle, middle, middle of the the audience, like just flipping out, like headbanging. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, you like Venom? He's like, I love Venom. I'm like, red. <laughs> so yeah, Franklin, Franklin and I just headbanging to at war with Satan. It was great. <laughs> so that, so Europe was great, and then back to the states. We did that tour. Uh, I'm not done with Europe. Let's go bring it back. Oh man, we ended up playing a few bunch of shows, opening up for the Sex Pistols when they got back together. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's ninety what. 96. Holy shit. Yeah, it was the big reunion. That's yeah. right. We played we played our, our own direct support show to them in Berlin in some aer- airplane hangar. I can't remember the name of it. Jesus. Um, which was great. I got to meet all of them. They were awesome. We played somewhere else in Germany with Sugar Ray opening up yeah. in Cypress Hill. Damn. And them. And then we did Roskilde with them. It's a great festival. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. That's when they walked off stage after... Beam. <laughs> after two or three songs they, you know Leiden kept Leiden kept warning the crowd to stop throwing bottles and one hit him in the head and he's like okay I'm out fuck you all and he left yeah he left and I, the crowd started going nuts and I remember I was oh, with I was I think I was with uh, I was with Franklin and one of our uh, road crew guys this guy named Pedro I looked at him and go let's get out of here because everything's going to go fucking ape shit right Damn. now we ran <laughs> I remember hearing about that or even seeing a video of that maybe yeah yeah there's, it's on video holy shit I looked it up not long ago like oh yeah 
That's fucking awesome. Play with the Sex Pistols <sighs> and Venom. That your first time going to Europe. That's fucking yeah. Awesome. I mean, holy shit. Um, yeah. So then back to U.S. Yeah. And was the record was crushing in America too? I'm pretty sure. It was uh, doing good. Mantra. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think the I think their record was doing great everywhere. Every, and the video was getting played. I remember that man. Like, yeah. Have you seen the video? Yeah. Adam's in the video. That's right. Yeah, that's right. He's Adam, the kid Adam, on the bench. Adam's in the video, and I think Vinny Signorelli from the Unsane uh, mm. Scraping Fetus and the Swans was the drummer in that video. Oh shit! I think okay. he played with them for a minute too. Okay. They had a bunch. They had so many different drummers. Like I can't believe how many drummers Shelter had until I think until I joined the band I think I was number eight or seven. Holy shit! Some shit like that. That's that's what Miss Purcell I think Purcell told me. Wow! So then we do this tour in the U.S. and it was so fucking fun. Amazing. It was a great pack. Was that a whole U.S. tour? Yeah. 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 That was a great package, man. Because that would yeah, my record just came out. H two O Shelter Downset. I'll never forget that. I have pictures, some pictures from that somewhere. I'd love to see him, and that'd be awesome. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> and then so yeah, so I guess. Whatever, whatever Adam happened in South America, South America when he came back, he started hanging out with us in the van more, talking to us more, wanting to hang out with more people. I don't know if yeah. he was feeling the vibes. Because he was just a kid from England who was like a fan of those bands. And he came over, he became a monk, lived in the temple, joined the band, one of his favorite bands. Yeah. Uh, had a bunch of rules to follow. And I think he was starting to realize, like, I was still young. He wanted to get out and try life, you know? Yeah. Know. And so, yeah, right after that tour is when he ended up leaving and joining H2O. Yeah. Because the first tour he did was with Murphy's Law, and Jimmy took me to get his lap dance, and that totally changed his life. He went from being like a monk. I think I heard that. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Shout out to Adam Blake and Jimmy G. Um, oh, that was the Beer and Water Tour, 96, actually. That was, 96. that was Beer and Water Tour. Yeah, and so Adam came out of his show, literally had joined the band. His first show, I have a video, he's sitting backstage, it's h to a Madball at the PWAC, fucking crazy-ass great crowd show waiting to play he's in the back with his hair like the monk sitting he's so scared looking I'm like dude you're gonna kill it man it was fucking he was such a shy kid his name Pop they called him Pop Bob, yeah that's, Pop, what, that's yeah. what he's called him yeah, I remember when he came back he showed me the tattoo <laughs> I'm like oh my god he's like he's like, yeah man it's full on isn't it <laughs> full on that's what shit he would say yeah, back it's then it's full on I miss so that we, guy too I haven't seen him in, actually last time I saw him was with all you guys in Europe Mm. Four years ago, when I was with Ministry, we played. Oh shit, that's we right. Played that check, that check show. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I can't remember what what festival that was. Um, that was one of the last times I actually yeah, literally seen him in front of me. Yeah. So yeah, he went from being totally sheltered to being H two O, traveling Murphy's Law. Yeah. And so how long did you do like last in shelter after that U.S. tour? Um, not long after. I mean, after that, I was I was kind of in between. They were in between. They wouldn't didn't have anything going on after a while. So yeah, during their downtime, I started playing with this with this other band called Crisis. Yeah, and I made I recorded an album with them. Yep. the Hollowing. At the same time, getting a phone call from Max Cavalera to to form something with him, and it wasn't called Soulfly yet. It Holy was, shit! It was, it was he's just been fresh out of out of Sepultura at that time, and then I went and did that with him. So you, you were the first, like one of the calls you made to be in the band before it even got announced or any of that yep. shit, right? Yep. Wow. Yeah. So then that, that was that, that did really well. Like when, when did that first record come out? 98, but we recorded it in 97. And how many albums were you with them? How, many, how long were you with Soulfire for? Um, from 97 till about 99, and then I came back in uh, 2001, Okay. It lasted till about 2003. I did two albums with them, the first and third album. Was that Roadrunner? Yeah. Yeah. Damn, they've been Roadrunner for a long time, man. Yeah. All that catalog and then yeah. solo stuff, probably. Yeah. 
Um, so how how was that response for that? Are people stoked on that when it came out. Yeah, I mean, it. it I did, remember hearing about it. It did it great. Um, played everywhere. Yeah, everywhere and anywhere, man. That was you know that was probably the beginning of where I'm at now. In that yeah. in that world, you know what I mean. And how'd you know Max back then? I knew him from when we met each other actually in 1990 at okay. the Ritz. With sick of it all, Napalm Death. That show. That was the tour I was on. That was ninety one. Those New Titans. I haven't, I haven't met you. We didn't meet each other yet. Okay, but that was the tour that, that was I was on. We talked on. about the other day. Yeah, okay. that's when I first met Max and Igor. So a, Sacred a, Reich. Yeah. a mutual friend of ours introduced us. Okay, and he was like, he, Max wanted to talk to me about Amoebics and punk and all that. I'm like, great, cool. you're into that, awesome. You knew about nausea, of course he did. Yeah, you knew about nausea, and I thought that was cool because at the time I was, you know, really in, I thought they were a great band. Or yeah. Something. There's nothing like it, you know. Was that beneath the remains time or arise? No, that was arise. Okay, arise. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was arise. That's dope. Yeah, he knew it was up with punk and hardcore back then yeah. for sure. Yeah. So you met him then on that new Titans on the block, and then I didn't see him after that for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And we're label mates too, Shelter and fucking Separate Tour at the same yeah. time. Actually, we ran into each other on that tour on the Shelter tour, in Ross Gilder. Okay. Yeah. So did you have to go to South America right immediately to do that or no? What? Well, he was in Arizona then. You had to go do so far. He was in Arizona. Okay. Yeah, he was already in Arizona by that point. Yeah. And so, how, how long did that? How long did so far for? A couple of years. I did it for a couple of years. I mean, the, the first time I went there, it was probably like I don't know, April or May of '97, and it was just him and I, and he had like four or five songs, and I would I mean, we'd, we'd get those together. We didn't even mm-hmm. have a bass player yet. Oh shit. Yeah. But then when I, I finally made the move, I made the move like in middle of summer <laughs> you did <laughs> yeah i came back in july oh shit july from new york city to to, to july in arizona yeah brutal man. culture shock yeah and we we, we jammed in this really really hot <laughs> uh fuck garage there. kind of like warehouse space that he had i remember but we just soldiered through it and just went went for it and came up with all these songs and then went and recorded it did you live Much out there later. for a while in Arizona? Kind of. I mean, I, I stayed out there. I didn't mm-hmm. live there. Yeah, I, I, I lived there for like, technically for like a few months. Okay. And, and then we went to Indigo Ranch in Malibu and uh, recorded there. Holy shit. Yeah. It's awesome. So what was after so, what was after Soulfly for you? After Soulfly, in between when I came back to Soulfly? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I, I played in, I played with another band. I moved out here. Yeah, the, yeah. I, so that was 2000. That was 99. 99. I moved out here in 99, August 99. It's already been 21 years now. Holy crazy. shit. I came 2001, a little after you, yeah. Um, I, I ended up joining a band called Medication. Yeah. That's, an, yep. that's with Whitfield Crane from Ugly Kid Joe. That's a singer from Ugly Kid Joe? Holy shit. Logan Mater from Machine Head. Okay. On guitar. Robert Trujillo on bass. Wow. While he was Holy still shit. while he was still an Aussie. So he was kind of moonlighting with this okay. on the side helping wit and stuff. Um yeah, so I played with them for I don't know, about a year. How's ugly kid Joe dude? That's cool. Wit? He's the best. Yeah. I love him, man. And he comes from our our world kind of or no a different kind of No, world? he comes completely different world. He's from he's from Palo Alto originally. Okay. Yeah, he's from he's, he's a rocker, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A great singer, man. Great, yeah, he is. He's a great dude, man. He's an amazing vocalist, man. I never heard anyone sing Bon Scott the way he does. He's a he's, he's really good great at, singer. Yeah. He's good at imitating Bon Scott. <laughs> and, and, and Rob was infectious infectious grooves before that around the Rob was yeah he was doing infectious grooves mm, and suicidal, suicidal tendencies yeah. Great Holy player. shit, that's amazing that he was in that band. That's cool, man. And it's actually, and, and, and during that time, during that time with medication, I was actually playing with Rob and his other 
project thing called Mass Mental. It's the okay. the band that he has with uh, with Brooks Wackerman. Okay. Yeah. Fuck man, there's so many bands and so many. I've things. done so many different things. Yeah, you yeah. have sessions. I mean, there's so many different bands I've played with, like off the cup that I can't even remember right now. You played on some records too, just running the bands, just doing like yeah. Wow. Yeah. Even even working at uh, like working at Continental Divide. I remember. I remember. Oh, shit. I remember. With trigger. Yeah, oh, with Trigger. Shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. My old boss. He took care of me. He was Holy awesome. Shit. Yeah, Continental was. Hi, sick. Trigger. Miss you, <laughs> but um, um, I can remember there was one. There was one night. I'll give you an example. There was one night I was doing sound there. I cannot remember the name of this band saved my life, or even remember what they sounded like. I remember um, setting them up. I'm like, "Where's your drummer? He's not here yet." Okay, you guys got about forty minutes. He's got to show up sometime. All right. Trigger's like, "Yo, what's going on? Why is this band on? They're waiting for their drummer." All right, though, you got to do something about it. I'm like, all right. He didn't give, yo, Trigger kept shit running. All right, but check this out. The band's like, look, man, we came a long way. We just, we just want to play. I go, do you play drums? And I looked at him, I go, I do. Do you want to play? I'm like, I don't know your fucking songs, dude. What? He's like, just look at me and change what I need to change. I go, all right, you you look at me for verse and chorus. And you work in there? And I I just did it. (laughs) Who's the band? I don't remember the name. (laughs) It was a three piece. Holy shit! Yeah. So I went and just just played. Wow! I, I I let them let them start the song, and I hear it, and I'll just go through the roller decks of drum beats in my head and see what fits to it. Wow! And went man. with it, and they 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 were stoked. What did Trigger think? What the hell are you doing, <laughs> dude? I, I love. Then he was like, "Wow, what the hell are you doing?" I was just thinking now about Trigger when you mentioned his name, like how he didn't give a fuck who you were, who no. you were with. If if you couldn't get in or something going on, he was like, "No, sorry, I have to wait." Like he didn't give a fuck. He didn't like, give a fuck. He didn't play no favoritism to nope. who was in the scene, nothing like that. He was always protected this club, ran that shit. He was really fair, point. man. Yeah, he, he, he always he took care. Yeah. He took care of everyone that that worked with him. He's 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 great. And even if it was like a special night, I mean, we try to go maybe for some sort of night. He's like, sorry guys, can't get in. Sorry, sold out. Sorry, this. He didn't give a fuck if like, you played the night before. He didn't care. No, he didn't give a shit. That was the spot for it's been many many years, man. Well, yeah, I was bouncing between. Like working like in the mid nineties. This, yeah. this, this is between uh, Soulfly and Shelter. Okay. I was working Coney Island, Continental, Wetlands. Holy shit. Those three places. And then I would get hired out, you know, exclusively by some bands locally. Mm-hmm. I'll go work at Brownies or C Brownies. Brownies. Remember Brownies, right? Holy shit, man. I think that I think that's baby Coney Island high now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, from what I heard. I heard Jesse Mellon from D Generation bought it out and turned that into then mini, like mini Coney Island. The Z Bar and fucking Z Bar. That's where Derek worked at Z Bar, yeah. Z Bar. Remember Z Bar? I remember you at Z Bar, man. Yeah, I was at No Tell Motel. Oh, no. No Tell Motel. No Tell Motel was a shit, too. I used to hang out there at Babyland. Remember Babyland? Babyland, yeah. There was so many fucking spots back there. Beowulf. Oh, yeah, yeah. That weird club downstairs. Downstairs. Yeah. What was the one? Like, it was over by, like, Thompson Street, by the Jewelry District. There was a jewelry store there, like, Magnesia. I think it was downtown. Everybody went to it. it was a rock club all the way downstairs. It was like over by Generation Records. Oh, uh, everybody loved it. It was scrap bar. Scrap bar. Yeah. yeah, that was fucking another spot, dude. So many fucking spots, man. Yeah. So you so you're back and forth in Arizona and you're in Soulfly and that's mm-hmm. going really. How many years you in Soulfly for? Um, how many albums did you do with them? Two. Okay. And so, then it just ended, just kind of fizzled out. Yeah, I, we just all kind of moved on, you know. Yeah. Did my thing. And I saw I saw you did some classical film scoring, yeah. With Legion and Shutter and stuff. Yeah, Legion was a was a um, was an independent film uh, by made by Robert Sexton, 
And he used to be actually a bass player of a, a, a Jersey metal punk band. Really? Genocide. Oh, I heard the name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, from, yeah he, he, that's where he hails from. And he, he makes a lot of videos. He does a lot of music videos. Like he's done a couple Soulfly videos. And cool. Like Dillinger, I think. He's done a lot of stuff. Um, I do little spots here and there for, you know, people and some, that's cool, some man. TV commercial stuff, some overseas stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm so, working, I'm working on something now that I can't really yeah, talk cool. about, cool well, doing it. which sucks, but, but I am working currently, currently working on a movie right now. Awesome. Yeah. Um, then I saw you, didn't you actually end up playing a separate tour? I did. What year was that? What year was that? 2006. And so what happened? The drummer just couldn't, something happened? Was it like a... Well, it was more like he was. Igor was taking a break from the oh, band. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Because him and him and Lima were, were pregnant, and he was, oh, okay. having, he was having a baby at that time, and they needed someone to fill in. So I, I was around, and and I just actually just played with Andreas a month or two before that at uh, um, Roadrunner United um, show. Okay. It's a compilation album. Okay. Of all different Roadrunner artists getting together, writing, interchanging from inter, from different bands. That's cool. Like D- awesome. Dino Cazares was one captain that had, that had a bunch of people. Rob Flynn had a bunch of people. Okay. Joey Jordison had a bunch of people. And so those guys would assemble different members, different band members from different bands on That's Roadrunner cool. and write new stuff to celebrate the 25th anniversary. Was it 25th anniversary? Of Roadrunner. Yeah, 25th anniversary That's of Roadrunner. Cool, man. So then a few months later after that in December, uh, Nokia, at Nokia Theater in New York, we, we all performed some of those songs live awesome. and some of the classic Roadrunner songs with some of the artists that Sick. were involved. And, That's cool. And I played a couple of songs with, with Andreas, you know, a couple of Sepultura songs. And at that time, he's like, hey, man, you know, I don't think Igor's going to be around to do do this part of the, you know, part of the tours. You want to you, yeah. be into it? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I have nothing going on. Mm-hmm. Like, by that point, there was a period, though, for a few years, I stopped playing drums. Really? Yeah, I kind of gave it you up. Got burn on it? No, I got I gave it up. Wow. I gave it up. I put my sticks down for 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 a minute. Because what year would that be? Beginning end of 2004, beginning of 2005. I was in a really dark place and I wasn't oh, shit. I didn't really feel like, you know, I was going to I was going to accomplish anything more. I was, you know, 34 years old. I'm like, okay, I'm it's it's gates closed. Damn. And I just found myself just behind a board again at the key club. Oh, shit, that's right. Where man. I didn't want to be, but I mean, it I was, it was, working there, dude, it was a great job. The system was awesome. The people running it were great to me, and 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 I'm, and I'm thankful for them for the, to them for that forever. But I didn't really want to be there. I wanted to perform. You know, isn't that crazy when you think like you? I don't know. It's but then, but, but let me finish. But then I get the call months months before all that, and I get the call from Dino saying, "What are you doing? I'm 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 putting together this thing for Roadrunner. Would you be into playing drums?" I'm like. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. So that basically opened up the whole door back into again. that world again. Yeah. And then the ball rolled. And then wow. now I'm here. Fuck. Yeah. So how many years are you doing Key Club? Like two years? I did Key Club for <clears> about <throat> a year and a half. So yeah, there was a bunch of hardcore shows there too. You probably were there during those times. Yeah. I remember a lot of bands would come yeah. playing there. I've mixed a lot of bands there. I've mixed some really good bands there. I think the coolest thing that I got to mix there was... Jeff Goldblum and Peter Weller, RoboCop, Holy in a shit. jazz trio band together for wow. some benefit for something I can't remember what, but I remember I remember we <laughs> both <laughs> walked in. I'm like, "Holy shit." And they were the coolest fucking people. It's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. 
it <laughs> came out of my mouth when I met Peter Weller. He's like, hi, I'm he's like, how you doing? He's like, hi, Peter Weller. I go, Robocop. And he started laughing. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> he's like, oh, that's cool, man. I'm like, he's, I'm like, wow, I didn't realize you guys played music. You know, he's a, he's, he's a cornet player. Yeah. Fantastic. Goldblum, sick piano player. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Amazing. It's really cool. Yeah. So how, when you first said you want to play drums, you started doing that. How soon did you start working there? Realize you, you miss playing shows. Was it immediately? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and then I and then during that time, I also started working in my wife's hair salon doing extensions. Oh shit! So I figured, okay, this is what I'll do then. Wow. Yeah. Just learned how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I still know. So you started how. doing hair. So, so you started doing hair. I've always kind of done hair. I mean, I've done my own hair. I've cut my own mohawks for years. Uh-huh. No one else is going to do it. Yeah. You know, 1984, 85. You can't go to a, no. a barbershop in Whitehall, Pennsylvania and get a mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to kind of do it yourself. <laughs> Holy shit. So you started doing hair? Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. You, don't, you can still do that now, obviously, if you wanted to. You have like a skill yeah, for that. Yeah, well, if, you know, if my wife wants extensions, I'll do them on her. Does she does hair still? Oh, yeah. She's been doing it for 35 years. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, we have a, we have a studio. <laughs> well, he has hair done too there, Derek? Had his hair done there before? Yeah. No. You did? You had your dreads done over there? No, I had a curl when I first came out. Yeah, right. And then uh, I decided, you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, did the Hell Yes come before Stone Sour? That was after. Okay. Way after. So so what's the music after you do that thing with Roadrunner? So when does Stone Sour hit? When does that start? Stone Sour happened after, after uh, playing with Sepultura. Okay. When I got home from that, they were... Actually, right before going out with Sepultura, I was practicing, and you know, you know, for them to yeah. meet them in Brazil to practice. While I was practicing, I get a call from Nick Raskelenix, the producer, okay, I saying that, that they they need a drummer for a few days to to fill in and and play on the record, which I did. I didn't really know them. I kind of wow. I kind of knew Corey, okay, kind of knew Jim, but not really. I didn't know the I didn't know the other guys in the band. I didn't know any of their music. Is this before they dropped any music or anything? Stone Sour. Well, they already had a first album out. Okay, so I'm on the second album, so I'm basically just playing to a click track, guitars, and bass. That was the first time I ever done that. Normally, I play live with a band. Totally. That's and like, you want it. me to do what to what? Like, well, the guitars and bass are already pre-recorded. Just play to that, and they'll retract to you. Yeah. So then I would listen to what the demo version of the drums were, and then kind of like put my own take on it and then did a bunch of takes of each song and you know i tracked like 13 14 Damn. songs in three days without really meeting the guy you met him before maybe yeah. without really knowing them yeah yeah it was at dave Grohl's studio at 606 yeah. it's yeah. a dope spot and then once yeah yeah and it was cool you know and then uh i went on tour with these guys i came back and they they're like well we want to make you a full-time member you want to do this or not I'm like, holy crap I've never had that so I'm, yeah i went forward with that wow and then these guys got gene belladonna on drums who actually i later hooked up with at 606 with his new band um fuck ego kills talent ego yeah. kills talent saw them like last year they borrowed a drum machine off me <laughs> <laughs> steve evitz <laughs> Roy, you have a drum machine? Yeah, bring it. So, so Stone Sour, is that one of the biggest bands you've been in at that point? Yeah. Would they become? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. Most successful. Yeah, so you, so you, they actually be in the band where they really didn't meet you, though. You played out, they heard what you played, and said, we want to talk to you again, come meet up with us, whatever. And then, yeah. Wow. And they offered me um, full member. Yeah. 
which is unheard of. Yeah, that's crazy. Why wouldn't I take that? Yeah. And I love the music. And mm-hmm. I just played on the record and those guys are cool. I'm like, great. Yeah. This is a whole new thing. Good. It's fucking awesome. So that record came on, did really well, that second album? It did great. And yeah, we toured for like a, a couple of years on that one. Wow. And then that was all said and done. Corey goes back to do Slipknot for a few years. And it was like a back and forth ping pong thing for yeah. the past 13 years. I've been in a band 14 years. Now. Holy shit. Yeah. So did you make how many records did you make so far? Oh, sorry, buddy. How many records did they make, Stone Sour? With them? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Wow. I made five records with them and Holy shit. two EPs. Yeah. It's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. So in the what's 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 the band's hiatus right now or something? Or? Yeah, they're on an indefinite hiatus. Okay. Yeah. Because he dropped that new mm-hmm. record last year, which my son loves, Stone Sour and Slipping Out is his favorite bands. and. Mm-hmm. Turn me on to all that stuff. Like I heard it now because of him. Like mm. I never thought my son could turn me on to something that I never heard. You that's know what I mean? Cool. Like find something that's not punk, hardcore, hip hop, whatever he grew up listening to. Like when he first heard Slayer, then he's like, "I love this band, Fit for an Autopsy. They're my favorite band." I'm like, and then I checked him out, and then like these other bands, you know about Death, trying to tell me about these bands. And I, he saw Slayer. He's like, "Slayer's okay, but I, I like Fit for an Autopsy." It's because I, because I brought him to watch Slayer on stage. Like if I didn't bring it to him, he wants to find it for himself. Mm. So he found his own niche of this. Crazy uh, cowboy that band something cowboy, uh, cow, cow, job for a cowboy. Yeah, like all this shit. Like once more, I'll, I'll get you some water. Oh, yeah, I get water. I'm, I'm getting I'm, no, I'm okay. dry mouth here. Um, yeah, like, like, like super open minded to it. Where before, like I probably would never listen to it, but since my son's playing in the car all the time, like. Especially Slipknot. Then we went and saw him perform. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. Mm. It was only Jimmy Kimmel. It was only four songs, but like they're fucking incredible, dude. You know, you, you got to be you got to be open-minded 100%. With, 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 with with all music, art, everything, you know. Just, yeah. You know, check it out. Move on if you don't like it. I know? mean, that's how we were growing up. But then right. when you get old, you feel like, I'm not going to be like my mom. She's like, what is this? What is a sex pistol? What is a yeah. bullock? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I don't want to be, it wasn't shocking that, to know my son likes that, but now he's like, some of the lyrics and some of the shit's crazy. Some of like the um, black metal shit and <laughs> stuff from Iceland or whatever that shit's from is crazy. Norway. Yeah, Norway, all that shit. Like, I love some of that stuff. Yeah, it's cool. But um, So yeah, so Stone Sour, I was super, super stoked when I heard you in that band because then once Max told this to him, oh, I know that guy. He's in that band. Like, holy shit. You don't really think about it. You know? it yeah. um, so that's how it. So when the ministry came after that. Ministry came after that, like during the downtime. Okay. When you know when Slipknot. that's a good downtime gig to have. Oh yeah. Well, well, here's here's the thing. Like, there's a I mean, there's a there's a time where, but during that downtime, I, I really didn't have anything going on. I was actually okay. kind of freaking, stressing a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, freaking out. I mean, um, because we, we stopped in 2014. Okay. 15, there was nothing. Actually, in 15, John, John, and Victor, nausea. We got together and recorded some stuff. Holy shit. We were going to do some stuff and we had to shelf it. So Nazi was going to come back? We were trying to. Wow. At least do one or two That'd shows. That would be cool, man. I think that would be really cool. We just couldn't get it together with the other two. They just... Yeah. They just, I think kids would be stoked if that happened for sure. Oh my God. We wanted, we wanted to do something really cool and exclusive like do one in LA, do one in Bay Area. New York. Maybe do one in New York. Absolutely. Of course, yeah. And that would be it. And put out something new and that's it. Like a seven, just something. DIY seven inch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Recorded Playing in the, the park in New York or some shit. Recorded, done in my place, done, and still cool. on, still on the shelf. Wow. Yeah. 
still waiting, awesome. still waiting to be heard. So people listening, this could happen. Nausea could happen one day. You never know. Uh, I don't know about that. You never know. One day, never say never. Though I think, I think, I think, <laughs> I think everyone is everyone is already far away from it already, mm. and it's okay. You know, we all change. Yeah, maybe it's meant to to stay back there in 1991. And that's okay too. That's kind of cool too when people don't do it and just leave it there. If you weren't there, you weren't there. You missed right. it. We just became a patch and a t-shirt. I'm happy with that. <laughs> I'm happy a with back that. Patch. A back patch. Uh, you guys are OG for the back patches though. Oh God, back yeah. Then. <laughs> yeah, a band breaks up, you turn into a patch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool with that, man. But you guys are old school for that too. Mm. Um, so Stone Sour, then Ministry. Yeah, we, we played a show with you guys. I forgot what fest it was. Yeah, Ministry happened as well. That that yeah. that, that, that came it's fucking insane. That came actually through my wife. Okay. Because she was she was doing she was doing uh, Al's hair. Oh shit. Like cutting it. And um so I guess you know, she she knew he knew, she knew I was a drummer, blah blah blah. Yeah. They needed they needed someone to step in for a tour as well. So then wow. I got the call, and then I came, and then we all you were, definitely were a big ministry we, fan. We, oh yeah, big time. Yeah. And and Al's a great guy. Uh, we rehearsed at my place. Wow. All, all six of us inside my little room. Holy shit! All on on ISO cabs and headphones. Al was in our, my control room, screaming his head off, listening oh, to us. Shit. It was great. I actually recorded it. That's cool. Abbas recorded for the first time playing together. It was pretty cool. That's rad. Uh, Is that your house singing? At my house singing. Well, I have another funny, a funny story <laughs> to add to that too. According to uh, Kazzy, my wife, she said Al was out. Uh, Al had his head poked outside of my my control room, smoking a cigarette and screaming into the mic, so the whole neighborhood could hear him scream. <laughs> Thieves! <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! Headliers. I'm like, really? He was screaming outside. Like, oh yeah, he was screaming his head off outside. Holy Everyone can hear him. My clients are like, what the hell? <laughs> Damn. His voice is so powerful. He's oh. an older dude, right? He's got to be like almost. I think 60. he. I think he's 62 now. But he yeah, kills it his live voice. Still, man. His voice is is dude. is ridiculous to hear it in in headphones. Like right there, it was incredible. Like he hasn't lost it. Yeah, it's crazy. Because I, I checked out some of the songs we played with you guys at the festival. I'm like, damn, like this is the songs I know from my wife because my wife's a huge fan. Yeah. They're from Chicago, right? Yep. Yeah. Wax yeah. tracks. Yeah, fucking his voice is incredible, man. I mean, he, he, I mean, they pretty much they pretty much wrote the book on in, industrial mixed with metal. He doesn't seem like a guy that does does warm ups. No. Just does walks on stage. He walks on stage and fucking does. Just like Dickie Barrett, man. Just walks on stage. Back then, he smoked and drank on those tours, but come on stage and just fucking kill it, and then talk normal after. Al, Al's punk rock. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. He'll walk up on stage and fucking kill it, walk off, done. It's pretty amazing, man. He's yeah. like a machine. He's a machine. Um, So no, so ministry is just obviously with the COVID lockdown, there's nothing happening, but... No. When's the last time you played with them? Well, I did play on their last album. I okay. played four or five songs on the last album, and I did record some, some stuff during the COVID break for their new record coming up. Awesome. So he's working on it now with the other guys. So you have a little studio set up in your house? I have a, I have a recording studio in my house. Awesome. Yeah. In your house, like a garage or something? Actually, yeah, we have a detached garage. So I, I gutted the garage. There was a there was a, a, a grandma apartment connected to it, which I gutted, turned that into the control room, Sick. turned the garage into the live room. Everything's wired up. Soundproofed the shit? Yep. Damn. Floating room. Like I, it's like one of the first things I did when I moved to the house. You did it yourself? House. No. I, I would another friend who's okay. an actual great construction worker i'm not that good i have great ideas <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, i'm not i'm not that good this yeah tour. so i decided to just hire someone and pay someone that does it better than me yeah i think that's where i fucked up is where you just said floating room 
because after I started gutting this garage and realizing that your room's not floated, no, but you, but did, you did the double walls though. No, I didn't. Oh, you, I'm gonna show you. It's definitely soundproof. It, it works. But after I did, I realized I was supposed to build another room inside my garage. You can still do it. And that's how you're supposed to really get the sound, the air in between those two you spots. You can still do it because I, I like I got the um, blankets on the roof, on mm. the walls. It, it's pretty dead in there. You could still do it though. I mean, it's not too it's late. Just building a whole frame, right? You need to build a whole frame, basically. Um, not touching anything. Um, the bottom part of the frame has to be on like rubber kind okay. of feet raised off the ground. And then what? And then put the walls and then all the walls. It's basically, everything's got to be like this far from the outside frame. So you have like 15 inch walls. Do I have to insulate the new wall? Itself? Yes. Okay. Yes, you do. Holy shit. And that totally works. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I didn't, I kind of really DIY'd it. I wasn't even sure what we're doing as we you go along. Still, I, I mean, you can still do it yeah. for sure. You just built the first layer. You just need to build a second layer. So you can't really hear shit outside your house when stuff's playing and stuff? I mean, you can hear mm, 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 a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like that. You can hear you can hear uh, a little bit of low end from the kick. That's about it. Yeah. It depends where you stand by the building. When you're far away from the building, like in my house, you can't hear nothing. Yeah. I, I'm, I, we're going to see what happens. In, after but I do cut short. myself off after 830 anyway. Yeah, that's smart. You know, and my neighbor's cool Respect with it. the neighbors. Yeah, my, my neighbor's cool with it anyway. You know, he's like, I can hear your kick drum sometimes, you know, whatever. And was I, he complaining or just saying? No, he didn't oh, yeah. complain. And I also have, you know, a PA system in there that has all my synthesizers going through that. So when I'm doing my soundtrack work, I have it really cranked loud. Cause I, like, I like to feel the oscillators shake my fucking balls. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? So, sorry, folks. I didn't mean to get That's okay, like swear. that. So wh- when did you become a, a dad? A uh, 2011. September 27th. September 27th, 2011. Uh-huh. And he had one kid or two kids? One. Um, it's amazing, right? I love it. It's the best thing in the world. It's hard to talk to people about how amazing it is if they don't have kids. It's hard to like explain it to them, even if they love your kid or they have nephews and nieces. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so different when you become a parent. It's, it, it really it does change your world. Your perspective on the world itself, too, just everything changes, yeah. you know? Yeah. The important scale comes out. This isn't, this isn't, this isn't, that's important, that's important, this is not. Yeah, that's, man. That's what changes. Like, so fast, too, yes. man. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I became really super emo, like, super emotional on every little thing, every, like, commercial. Just anything I saw about a parent, Same. it's... Same. It's so crazy, man. There's, there's certain films I can't watch, but, you know, like, because I, I get... Yeah. Especially Oof. with, like, 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 abusive stuff in films. Totally. Like, with kids or with any of that shit. It fucks me up, man. I don't like it. I could watch it maybe like in my twenties. Like I just accepted yeah. it as part of the film. I can't watch shit like even that like now. violence too. Like certain even stuff on the news. I see kids getting hurt or beat up or bullies. This I get so fucking. I'm not into that. I hate that dude. Shit. So I you have a boy or a girl? A girl. And how old? She's eight. Gonna eight. Be, she's gonna be nine, and she's on fire. Yeah, it goes by really fast. I also feel like not to be morbid, but if I didn't have a kid, I wonder if I feel like life was going by fast right now. But when you have a kid and you see that timeline and their age and your age and how you're getting older and they're it's gr- going fast. It fucks. You. If you really want to think about it, I, I get dark sometimes. Max is like, don't get dark. Just thinking about like, like I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm 50. But it's like one day I'm not going to be on this planet. Me and my wife will be gone. He's just going to be here with his family living. It's just, fucking, I think about that shit every now and then. It's it, fucked up, man. It, it it's really, like, it's just the shit that keeps me up. I hate the death night. shit. I want to be here forever. I want to live as long as I can possibly live to be here for this guy. You know what I mean? But, same. You can only raise them right and put them out in the world and hopefully they're going to do good. I'm serious. <laughs> what you looking at? But you know what I mean though? It's like we have to do our best and guide them and raise them right. Absolutely. And then when they go out into the world, it's like 
you're on your own, but not really because I always have your back. I'm always going to be here for you, but go do, go be a man and do your thing, but I'm going to be here in case you fall. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, you like him? I like those. Where'd you get them from? I'll send you the link. Okay, um, Max, he, Max, he has a real studio in his house where he built like a whole yeah. other room inside of a room. which. No, I'm, I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show it to him. Yeah, like I said, it's not too late. You could still yeah. do it. You could still do it. Um, so, how you been on this whole lockdown thing? And then, and what's your take on like the future of music? Well, like everyone else, you know, just waiting it out and trying to stay positive and try not to get too depressed. Every now and then, it's I, hard, I get bummed. You know, you, you just do. Yeah, we're normal. We're what's humans. Going, what's going on in the news and you know, being restricted to do certain things and you know, having to remember to suit up a certain way and stuff like that yeah. it's, just, it's just it's taxing and the first few months of it i mean groundhog day every day was sunday was, every man. day was sunday um no routine that just threw everyone off threw me off yeah you know now there's a bit of a routine now which is good yeah you know with nico my daughter now doing homeschooling certain hours there my wife's you know cutting hair everyone's all masked up and doing that you know yeah just doing that the homeschooling seems a little weird still, like seeing Max on this computer. It's definitely weird. I mean, but but they definitely have it together more now than they did when it first Beginning hit. Beginning earlier, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, now they're doing more classes on Zoom, and so it just kind of takes the stress off of us because we're not teachers. We don't no. know, we don't know how to teach you know these subjects like you know. And a lot of it's thoroughly. they teach a little differently too. Math especially is a lot different the way they teach. Yeah, things. I actually like the way they teach math now. Oh, I'm, you I'm do? actually I'm actually relearning math in a different way now through it Nico. Like, mm. it, it's all it's all it's all in, through dialogue i love it it's all yeah, explained yeah, yeah. why is this problem like this and it shows you the problem frontwards and backwards they never showed you that in school that's before that's true it kind of like here's a here's a multiplication table memorize it yeah it's true give me a reason why it equals that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. now now they do yeah which makes kids 20 million times more advanced than you and i I mean, yeah. the way my kid is at eight years old, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking and and t- speaking the way she was at eight. Hell mm-hmm. no! I mean, yeah. there's so kids are so much so much more advanced, and the next generation is going to be on fire. I hope it needs to be, man. I, I hope think, it is. I think they're going to be all right. Yeah, and then as far, as far as music is concerned, like I'm trying to think about, I'm trying to do my podcast, exercise, live day to day. Like now, I know this festival is being announced next year, but it's hard to get excited about those because we have no control over that. Of course not. So that, that's just kind of frustrating. Yeah, very much so. Although yesterday just announced in New Jersey, 150 capacities allowed open. Well, the pom- I saw some festivals happening and uh, or shows happening in Czech Republic, big shows open. Outside. Wow. Well, I'm not getting on an airplane anytime soon, man. We can't even go there anyway. We're not allowed to go there, to a lot of countries anyway right now. We can't, we can't really get you out. You could fly within the country. Yeah. But I'm not getting on a plane. You're not in no hurry. Oh, uh, no. Not until there's a freaking vaccine, then I'll be okay and feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not going to be the one to uh, um, add fuel to the fire and play a show. Yeah, because they say you can't. We'll be the first one to. Oh, I'm yeah. not going to do that. No. Yeah, I don't want to be responsible for someone getting sick. For sure. Or get sick and bring that shit mm-hmm. home. You know. So it's got to be like a, a thing where it's completely. The whole world's already playing, not just the first band to do. I don't. I would never be the first band to do that. And come back and play a show, and mm-hmm. it could be. The, yeah, it's just. No it's way. hard. Yeah. Do you have, you have like daily rituals you do? <sighs> coffee. Yeah, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> First thing, coffee. <laughs> Second thing, hang out with my little one and watch Vampirina. Okay. Before she hits Zoom. Okay. <laughs> Zoom school. <laughs> Zoom school. Yeah. Zoom, Zoom. Come on and Zoom, 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 Zoom. Anybody, yeah. anybody remember that? Zoom is great, man. Yeah. 
So that's your, you, you work out yoga or anything? You look like a yoga guy, but I don't, I don't really do yoga. I mean, I, I should, and I haven't for a long time. My wife does it. I just don't, I don't know. I haven't felt to do, do it. Either, man. I, 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 what I do is I, I go to my drums and I start beating the hell out of my drums okay. for a couple of hours a day, every Very day. therapeutic for sure, man. And I keep, keep, yeah, man, keep great. in shape. Yeah. Thank you. I keep in shape that way, you know, and just try to eat right, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any uh, regrets in your life? Hmm. Regrets. I had a few. I, had a few. I was going to say that. <laughs> um, no. That's awesome. You know, I actually don't. It's awesome. No. The last four people I had on said no, and they said why they didn't. Yeah, like some people say yes, and be like, no, I don't. Everything I've been through made me who I am today. That's exactly why I say I don't have any regrets, because even the bad things I've been through, it's taught me something, and I've walked yeah. away from that situation with something and learned from it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it makes you who you are today. So yeah. no regrets. That's awesome. Yeah. I pretty much only answered this question. Are you optimist or pessimist? I'm optimistic. Yeah, I guess I guess already know that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've always been like that, right? Always. Yeah. The only thing that's different about me is I now as I have grayer hair and have more <laughs> more experience in life. That's it. Yeah. I'm pretty much the same guy you met 30 years totally ago. Totally, you are. Yeah. I feel like that's helped you through your journey too, with all the musical things you've been doing. You know, everything yeah. you've been through. So it kept me focused. Yeah. You know? It's kept me out of trouble. And you're like a good person, and people want to work with you and fuck with you and, and do stuff with you. Mm. You know what I mean? There's people that get arrogant and cocky about their skill set, and people don't really want to deal with Those them. Those are people I don't. I don't. You're humble. Get you know what I mean? Thank you. Well, and I mean, so that's why people want to work with you. And that's why I continue to work with different people. And now, like you went from nausea to fucking stone sour. It's crazy, man. It's a crazy journey. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, it's it's a thing. It's like there's a path in front of me. You neither you neither choose to walk it or don't. Yeah. Don't question it. Just walk the fucker. Mm-hmm. And see where you go. Yeah, you know, don't think too hard about it. Don't get too neurotic about it. Just, just go forward. You, you've been focused since you were a kid, though, about playing drums and doing that professionally, yeah, though. Absolutely. Now it's over forty-four years I've been playing drums. It's fucking crazy, it's man. Fucking crazy to think about that. And your parents, did they see a bunch of your bands? They've been to a bunch of your shows, different oh, groups. Yeah. They've been to my my mom has been to every different bands fucking show awesome. that have been involved super with. proud man. except for shelter she didn't see shelter oh wow okay no, i don't think she saw that, I saw that. you saw, I saw that, that. <laughs> yeah Trocadero. oh my god trocadero yeah trocadero philly yeah. yeah oh shit was that the same tour yeah oh yeah there was yeah, that tour same tour dude holy crap yeah that's awesome same tour and a bunch of my friends from allentown lehigh valley area came up to that show too awesome which i thought was great it was so cool so your parents super supportive yeah. Did your pops come around eventually about music? My mom, yeah, yeah, my dad definitely did. Um, oh, he passed away a few years ago, but before that, he, he he'd show up to shows. And when I come through Florida, because he still lived in Florida this whole time. Okay. He got remarried, you know. Um, so him and his wife would come to wherever Soulfly would play or yeah. Stone Sour. Those are the two bands he saw me in. And what did your brother? What did your brother end up doing? Was he? Was your brother do? My brother, he works. He works for Fox Television News. No but, shit. But he, but he's music supervisor. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's did not, he get some of your music on there at all? What's that? Did he get some of your music on there? No, no. He 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 puts. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he does. Stick some music, no, sour in there. He does, and he does a lot of the sound effects and music music okay. stuff for for the news and stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah. Um. He's been doing that for I don't know, fifteen. Is he up? Is he out here or back east? He's back east. Yeah. Would you have any, would you, what would be your top five inspirations? It could be music, artist, whatever, any genre. Wow. That's hard. I know. Some people do it by genre. They do like hip hop, they do punk rock. Are you talking it. musically? What doesn't have to be, whatever. 
Um, like major impact on your life. Okay. Kiss. I thought so. The Beatles. Ooh. Which actually I've rediscovered in the last month. I I bought all their records. Really? I bought all the reissues, and that's they awesome. Are fucking fantastic. Still, like amazing songwriters. Everything. They don't have one bad song. Even their 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 Giddyish kind of songs. Mm-hmm. I love them. I love everything by by them. I might dive in back into. I might dive Dude, back into them actually. Man. I started actually in the middle of their catalog and and went this way and that way. Okay. I bought Rubber Soul, and then went and bought Revolver. And then uh, Beatles for Sale and Hard okay. Day's Night. And then I bought Abbey Road and Let It Be. And then I bought the first two albums, Please Please Me and with the Beatles. And then now I just recently just got uh, Yellow Submarine and uh, uh, Sgt. Pepper. And I, and I completed the whole set. Okay. Bought the anthology, number one, that has... Still buying music. I appreciate that. I that's buy amazing. vinyl Hell still. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm all vinyl. I don't do CDs. I love the sound of vinyl. CDs, my only problem with CDs now, now that I'm back on vinyl, my ears are so used to dynamics and mm. and not hardline, limited, compressed digital signal on a CD. You know, I want yeah. I want the peaks and valleys. I love I wanna, that. I want to hear the, the snare drum cut with the guitar a certain way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's awesome. So, so Beatles and Kiss. All right, now I'm getting to the 70s now. Let's Ru- get it. Led Zeppelin, Rush. Led Zeppelin and Rush? Led Zeppelin and Rush at the same time. Rush is fucking sick. Yeah. I really appreciate Rush. I listened to him a lot, Rusty, growing up. And when I hear Rush, my son listens to him now. Love I'm them. like, dude, they're so good, man. I love them. Um, so that's five, right? No. The, the Police. Fuck yeah. You have no punk in there. Not yet. Okay, we're over five. Fuck, keep going. I'll keep going. No, no, because I'm just, I'm just going chronologically. I love now. that. I'm going like by decade, my, okay. like my seventies life. You know, yeah, those yeah. are the, those are the things that that <laughs> that made an impact on me. And of course, like the first things of music I ever listened to is whatever my mom and my my dad were listening yeah. to. My mom used to love like Neil Diamond, Bert Jim ba- Croce, my mom like Bert Bert Bacharach, Jim Croce. Yes, all like Motown music. Uh, a lot of soul music. I, I used to, we used to have, you know, Superfly, Curtis Mayfield Sick. In, in, in the house. You know, that I grew up listening to that. That's where it's I cool. get the groove, you know, learn my groove What a from great that. musical fucking James Brown. Thing. I mean, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, what else? That's great. That's a great collective of music. Right that's, there. That's, that's the beginning of, that's the first bit of music that got me started mm-hmm. before everything else. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's what, my root. Either like hip hop growing up. Oh yeah, in Let's the eighties. I'm gonna get into it. Yeah, what hip hop you like? My hip hop, <laughs> Grandmaster Flash. Okay, yeah, Furious old Five. Shit. I mean, right, right off the bat, that was yeah. the first thing that turned my ear. The first time I ever heard Genius of Love or or the message. The, when I heard the mm-hmm. message for the first time, man, it totally spoke to me. Like how yeah. punk did to me. I looked at hip hop and punk almost the same thing. Totally but, but different. They're both they're both in the street. Yep. They're both telling stories. They're both raw. I agree, man. Raw, raw energy. And there's no bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like what punk was with, with reggae music in London. It's almost there at the same time. They kind of inspired each other. Yeah. Hip hop definitely had a big inspiration on a lot of New York hardcore at some point. And on the the clash too. And on the clash. Yeah. I'm just looking, I'm just just looking at, I'm just, I'm just saying like, there's there's definitely yeah. a similarity there. You 100%. Know? Public Enemy is like a fucking punk band to me. Big time. 
You know what I mean? Like lyrically and everything he was singing about was so ahead of the time. Yeah, big time. I remember seeing him for the first time and it was, fuck. It was like with Murphy's Law and Beastie Boys. <laughs> wow, that you saw that one. Holy oh, fuck shit. Yeah. That's, a, that's a historic tour. I was scared to death when I saw P.E. I was like, what is this? Damn. Never seen anything like, not scared, like, yeah. scared, scared, like, like excited, scared, yeah. like, holy shit. That's a, that's a sick one it to see, the man. best fucking concert I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. They blew everybody away. I'm sure they did. Well, Murphy's Law was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, no that's, that was a great fucking tour. No, actually, that, that, that whole tour was great. BC's were great. Fucking Murphy's Law was great. I think Back With The Bong was out. At the yeah. Time. Yeah. Did you get into like later shit, like Wu-Tang and stuff like that? Kind of. By then, I was working so much at that time. I didn't really mm-hmm. have time to really sit down and listen to stuff. Yeah. I didn't listen to a lot of music because I was mixing a lot of music. Yeah. So the last thing I want to do is sit down and listen to a record. You like Run DMC and shit like oh, that. Oh, my that God. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Run DMC. Let's see. UTFO. Houdini. Houdini, yes. Um, what's the other one? God. Big Daddy Kane, maybe? Mm. That was later. That was a little later. Kumo D. <laughs> Curtis Blow. It's Curtis Blow, hell yeah. Yeah. AJ Scratch. Yeah, Curtis. Uh, Schooly D. Fat Boys? Yes. Love the Fat so Boys. Good, Most man. underrated hip hop group yeah, ever. Yeah, that's, that's pretty true. Actually. I don't know why. Yeah. That first album is fucking great. Yeah. Somebody posted something recently on, on their Instagram story, one of the tracks off that. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot how great this was. And I can't remember the name of the track, what track it was. I think it was Stick 'em. Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> stick 'em. Ha ha ha. Stick 'em. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's the coolest. The human beatbox thing. Bad the- boys are back, <laughs> and you know they will never be whack. Bad boys are back. Fuck it was yeah. so good. I love that shit. It was like a thing in the back. Mm-hmm. That was some great shit, man. Being in New York during that time, all that shit's fucking. I would love to have been in New York a little, a little earlier. Yeah, me to too. Right there in eighty-eight. Eighty, yeah, eighty, eighty. I think eighty-six is probably the first time. How about KRS One? Oh fuck. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I got to know him a little later. He used to come. Really? To, he used to come to Wetlands and hang out every now and then. Oh wow! On the Monday night Soul Kitchen nights. Mm. Remember those nights? He was chill. He yeah, was nice. yeah, the best. He used to hang out with all of us at the bar. That's cool, man. Frankie Jackson's Soul Kitchen. That's right. There was so much hip hop at Wetlands, man. Yeah, a lot. Like big groups that came there early before. Well, what was cool up. about the Monday nights, though? We like I used to this was before I started really doing sound of Wetlands. I was bar bar backing, and bussing and shit. We used to have to clear out some of the coolers and fill everything up with with cold 45 40 ounces oh shit and we used to sell philly's blunts for you know <laughs> what blunts. that was monday night soul kitchen okay night. philly's so blunts man. anybody who was anybody was there that's fucking awesome man. you name it he was there krs he was there for a monday night too that's crazy yeah. when new york's always he's going played on. there a couple times too yeah yeah but a lot of underground i remember hip-hop like cypress playing there i remember yep. day a lot tribe called quest. A lot of day, oh my god day la soul of course Duh. one of the great tribe called quest tribe called quest yeah one of the greatest, man. So yeah, so you're. There's one other. Uh, never mind. Back then, I'm I'm just blanking. Taylor Soul Tribe Called Quest, Jungle Brothers, LL. Soul to Soul, but they're not hip hop. But Soul I like Soul to Soul. Soul. I love Keep Soul to Soul. Moving. Yeah, they're great songs, that, man. That reminds Back me. To life. Soul to Soul reminds me when I just got to New York and squatting and working, uh, rebuilding, like you know, doing construction and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, That's yeah. what Soul to Soul reminds me of. Back and, to and, life. Yeah, totally. That reality. song especially. Yeah. yeah, see these songs that bring you back. Like certain Every time I hear that crazy. one, I remember that. I remember walking up Avenue B, like around the corner to the bodega to get a drink and to go back and continue demolition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love that you, your whole life you stayed working, work, pretty much working class, like always working. Always. 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 
in between tours, all that shit. Like not not getting too comfortable, just like still still grinding and you have to and taught yourself a lot too. Yeah, you taught yourself the drums pretty much. Yeah, self taught everything pretty much. It's pretty amazing. And yeah, it's fucking. And you ha- you happy with your journey where you're at now? You're 50 years old, live in Los Angeles. It's have family. It's, it's pretty I, amazing. I feel I feel I feel good about that. Been your been your own boss your whole life pretty much. Pretty much, almost. Well, in the last... Well, controlled your path. Controlled, controlled yeah, your sh- yeah. yeah. Yeah, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, buddy. It's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, I feel very fortunate about that. Do you miss New York or the East Coast? I miss the New York I used to know. Me too. I miss, I miss New York. I miss my old friends that I hung out with there yeah. in New York. A lot of them are gone, unfortunately. Um, but the ones that are still there are still there, and it's great when I go home and I see them. Yeah. You know? It's so different when you go back there, right? It is. And especially going through... He loved that... <laughs> especially, especially going going to my old neighborhood, like uh, 151 Norfolk Street. Mm. I lived right around the corner from New York City, a New York City tattoo. Oh, that's New York right. Tattoo. I lived there for fuck all through the rest of the 90s until I till I uh, moved. Holy shit! And watched that place change. And now, when I've been back every su- a couple of years, it's really changed. It's like not even the place I lived in. Mm-hmm. Like all these stores and clubs and places that i used to go to restaurants are, are gone it's like almost like i never existed or my life there never existed yeah you know it's bizarre to see high rises and these bourgeois fucking boutique cafes and restaurants mm-hmm. and areas where i used to see people copying dope it's crazy and have you see a b c and d are all kind of these these a little grimy still D still uh, no disrespect you live in abadie listening i'm sorry but d but d but d d still not okay it's not like Starbucks and shit. It's still the place I know. Okay, good. But the one, but the one thing well, was called dead, right? <laughs> what was break it down? A, B, C. What do you mean? A, you're somewhere. B, you're somewhere. C, and D, D, you're, D dead. you're dead. D, you're dead. I still know the other alphabet parts. But I don't remember it. either. Yeah, that's the first time I'm actually kind of hearing that. Remember that? But, yeah, yeah. but um, what is it? it was A is like you're feeling like antsy or something. Okay. B is what? <laughs> and C, you're crazy. You're crazy? Okay. Where is that place to anchor in in Brooklyn? That's that's that's. Bed-Stuy or, or Bushwick or one of those Brooklyn's places. Brooklyn's so different, dude. Okay, well, Jimmy Gestapo took me to this place when I hung out with him in, in uh, uh, um, Nobby. Took me to this area. I think it's I think it's Bushwick or Brunswick. What are the two? So I'm, I'm there. I'm walking around. I'm like, this looks like how Lower East Side used to be 30 years ago. It's the mm. same vibe. You have neighborhood kids that have been there for years, and you yeah. have pockets of like artists and music, musicians here and there. And I, like, I love the vibe. I love yeah. that vibe. That's not their East Village, Lower East Side anymore. No, 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 no. Kind of sad. And Queens kind of stayed the same. Queens is definitely the same. There's nothing new there. Yeah, <laughs> like the, Brooklyn got totally changed. The yeah. difference. Yeah, but well, now I think in t- in matter of time it'll it'll hit Queens. Yeah, it seems everything seems to be going out east. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, we, we lived there in such a perfect time, man, for hip hop, punk rock, everything. Well, man. I think we lived. We caught the tail end of the the good shit there. Yeah, man. Do you remember when Brooklyn felt like a million miles away to you when, you, when you lived in Manhattan? Yeah, man. <laughs> totally, man. It did to me. Yeah. And I'm, Queens, too. You take two trains to Queens, you get out there, <sighs> seven train, all that, N train. Yeah. I can remember those times, like going to some parties in Brooklyn, coming from Manhattan, like late at night after work, and cab will stop. Where are you going? Brooklyn. I'm not going that way. Mm. I'm like, why'd you stop? <laughs> Just leave you out there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the cold. <laughs> but now everybody's going to Brooklyn. It's so fucking, so different, man. I don't miss uh, I don't miss the, the the change over time trying to get a cab to work. That sucked. Mm. Between three thirty and four thirty, 
in the morning. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. at night, at, during the afternoon. Oh, yeah, after, okay. Yeah. Like, you're, oh, it for, changes. Yeah, you're yeah, there yeah. forever trying to get a cab. And yeah. Everybody's off duty. I don't remember. I don't. That remember does that. suck. I had it in the rain. That's happened many times. Yeah, that every sucks. time. Yeah. Or getting getting splashed with a puddle of like slush water, freezing cold. <laughs> like should have had those galoshes on, man. Damn. <laughs> I, I, I do think it might have been different. Maybe raising my kid on the East Coast because when I take Max out there when he's young to see John Joseph, I always like mm. give him like the tough kind of love thing that he doesn't really have in California. It's a different vibe here. Like maybe growing up in the East Coast was awesome for us, but yeah. maybe raising our kids it might be maybe it turned out to be different. Who knows? But. Yeah. You know, I mean, nobody's, I guess a little more passive aggressive, literally, it's like straightforward in your face, just tell you, tell you like it is, shit like that, you know? I like when I run into people out here like that. Yeah. I don't run into too many people out here like but that. We, but there is a lot of us out here, there's a lot of transplants, there's a lot of us East Coasters out here. Yeah, I've, I've run into that. I've noticed a lot of people from New York live here now. Yeah. I mean, it's nicer, we get, nicer weather. Yeah. You get more bang for your buck out here. It's too expensive in New York. You really do, I, and I never saw beyond the buildings, I was like, fuck the West Coast, I go by there as a roadie with sick raw, I didn't really stay there for that many days but then you like once you get out you're like fuck man i think what really sealed, secret I, I think what really sealed the deal for me really wanted to come out here is when we were all out here in 96 yeah and we played um that club over here on vine not uh, the palace it was called the palace it was the palace then, yeah back then now yeah. it's called something else but it was called the palace yep. then that was where i was like i like it here yeah i love you one day yeah and some and then you made it out here yeah, yeah. were you nervous coming out here a little bit yeah, because it's, it's, it's new and different. I, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't sure where my place was. Did you come yet. from a squat to L.A.? No. I, I came from where? <laughs> no, where were you living at? Where did you move here from? I haven't, I haven't squatted since 1990, okay, okay. 91, 90. I'm going to try to give you some more. No, I, 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 I actually, I actually, I actually <laughs> came moved, from where? moved into, into a, you know, an apartment with my girlfriend at the time on 151 Norfolk Street. Careful. In, I came from 4th Street in 91. 2nd Avenue, yeah. And then... Small-ass apartment. Yeah, our apartment was actually... Okay, that's pretty good for what it was. Yeah. I lived on the sixth floor with an elevator that sometimes worked, sometimes didn't, which I got trapped in a couple times. Fuck that. It's my fear. I hate that shit. Oh, it's the worst. It happened on New Year's Eve. I'll never forget it. <sighs> Me and my brother trapped in with a, with a whole other family. We're like, yeah. For the whole night? <laughs> well, for like long enough to freak out. To I miss mean, New Year's too? No, 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 no. Right, right, no, right. On our way to a New Year's party. Oh, my but God. But it was, it was like dude. nine o'clock at night. Oh. We were in there for like 10, 20 minutes. So it was like forever though. Like, God, 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 God. <laughs> Fuck that, man. Someone finally just pried the door open when we got out. It, it sucks. It feels like forever though when that happens for sure. Yes. Um <laughs> where was I going with the story? Oh yeah, um played here. That's where I was like, okay, I want I want to be back here. I want yeah. to move to I want to move to California. And then finally final what, what do you see about the future of music, like playing shows? Like when do you see it? do you see it being changed forever? Can't answer that, man. Yeah. I mean of course, it'll definitely be changed forever. I mean, it might be. Will it go back to how it was? Maybe, but not for a long time. Yeah, not for a long time. You know. I know, man. I mean, who who, who knows, man? You just kind of. I think you change tomorrow. That's the thing. Everything's changing so fast. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think something like that's gonna change too, too quickly. I and mean, even with travel and all that, people, yeah. people are always gonna have the fear in the back of their heads they could get this. Even they have even they have vaccines and they this, still be this, wearing masks on planes for sure. Even there's vaccines. Even there's vaccines. COVID's still out there. Yeah, and it can still get you. Totally. There's people getting reinfected. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I feel like it's going to be here like the flu. Like it's going to be COVID season, flu season. It's going to be a vaccine. There's vaccines of both. It's always going to be here. So it's going to mean you know. But is there going to be big festival shows like Download and stuff like that where everyone's going to be you know shoulder to shoulder? I don't think so. I think that's going to go away for a very long time. Damn. And, until people you know, or 
have enough courage to 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 do it. To, yeah, you know. I appreciate you coming out because you've been you've been on the lockdown with your fam and yeah. It's the first time really hanging out. You've been out. You've been out there, right? I've been out, but not like this. I yeah. mean, I, we've we've had you know a couple people do social distance social distance you know gatherings outside. Yeah. With a you know a, a parent and their kid from school and stuff like that, but nothing. Like Were you scared this. you had it at all? What's that? Do you think you had it at all during this time? Sometimes because like I have, <laughs> I have, I have like really, sh- I have like fucking bad allergies, man. Okay. And, and where we live, there's a lot of dust there. So I get that feeling like I'm coming down with something, but it's just the allergies and the sinuses. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man. You I, panic though? At I, all of course I do. Yeah, me too. I'm a hypochondriac. I, I stress out. And I'm like, I, I'm like dosing myself with zinc and all kinds of <laughs> shit. Freaking. <laughs> like that like that cartoon with tom and jerry where tom like every time like someone like like sneezed at him tom would go running fucking yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no I've, I've been i've been you more chill now though yeah I, dude i've washed my hands I, i'm always washing my hands i'm always when it first kicked off i was way i was freaking out oh dude I, every time i would come come back from the from the supermarket i'd throw my shit in the, in the washing su- machine sink the washing machine yeah, yeah. i throw shit in the sink if i can wash it all down wipe yeah it down. we spray down the bags oh, everything dude. dude rubber gloves everything all of that yeah. All the clothes right off, right into the washing machine. Everything on the front porch. Take the bags out, spray it all down, bring it to the house. Open up all the boxes. We were going crazy. My yeah. son had the gas mask on and shit. We're fucking wilding out over here, man. We yeah, were. man. I was. I, I, we did. We did all that, man. We did. All yeah. That. Yeah. Same. Everyone. We're gonna get through it. Though. I think. It's, I think it's gonna be. I think couple so, months are I crucial. Think so, I think so too. I, I. And as far as like back to normalcy, it'll, it'll be a while. Good year. Yeah. A couple years. Yeah. It's crazy. Something finally affected all of us who just do music. Like yeah. things have happened throughout life. But the now whole, every, every, every industry. Every single industry. Every, yeah, it's not in, just every us. single industry. I every know. industry. Yeah. Yeah. We never thought it was, that would happen. We couldn't play a concert, you know, play a show or whatever. Yeah. It's very strange. And have no control over what we do. This is the first time you've been off, off the road a for a long time. time. Yeah, man. Me too. First like, summer home, like 20 years, man. I haven't, yeah. been this, I haven't been home this summer for a long time either. Not it's awesome to be home with your family, get that call all the time, and then really realize how, how what you have is awesome. And it's really special for me with my daughter, who's eight. Like this, this, these ages are important. so crucial, very so crucial. crucial. Yeah, this is the turning point. Yeah, when, when she becomes who she becomes, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful. To, you know, she's just come time. on tour with you before. She doesn't like it. Huh. She, she'll come. She'll come and visit every now and then. But the thing is, the way it's set up with us it's just no real room yeah for her it's just not a really good environment for her to be on yeah so she's like you know 10 of us on a bus and it's just not uh, yeah, yeah it's yeah, not yeah. the right situation maybe she gets older because my son goes when he was older yeah sorry that's that's more. a little different and yeah. my wife doesn't really like coming out either she doesn't want to be around everyone and, and get in people's way and you know I respect that yeah and i'm like it's, cool. not, it's not a big deal hon he's like oh no i don't he's like i don't really want to be on a bus full of boys anyway yeah that's for you guys yes so some wives are like that i respect some like my wife was selling merch with us from the jump coming on tour but she was like one of the dudes and you know uh, moon's awesome yeah where's moon she's at work um but yeah yeah man well fuck thank you for your time we talked two hours that's amazing yeah um I appreciate you. I'm proud of you, everything you've been through in your life, and I'm glad we're still friends. And it's amazing we're all here together in I California. And it's amazing. It's, from from nausea, fucking to out here, you know, it's yeah. crazy, man. Like such a great journey. Yeah. And you do what you love, man. Yeah. I think it's really, it's really, really important, and special. I think it's what makes us feel young and stay young. Is yeah. we get to do shit that makes us happy. Agreed. You know, like we're very fucking lucky. I think. Yeah. And very lucky. And regardless of what's happening in the planet, we're gonna play music one day for sure. I just don't know when, but I'm not trying to. Dwell upon it. 
I try not be to be more man. creative now. You know, yeah. is there something you did during Util- the COVID? Utilize this time. Yeah. Is, uh, what did you? Something you learned how to do? Well, I learned how to. I learned how to restore and rehaul Captain Kirk masks into Michael Myers masks. I saw you do that. Yeah. Holy shit! Something I've always wanted to learn. Yeah. Something I always wanted to learn. I do. I bought. Already bought. I've already made several already for different people. So, what inspired that? What inspired that? I mean, obviously, you're a big horror movie person. Oh my god, yeah. Okay. You should see my house. Okay. (laughs) It's a freaking museum. Um, So one day, um, I was online. I went through on this rabbit hole of Halloween, and I saw this video. Sorry, I keep going with this interview. Give a shit. I love it. Okay, cool. You'll edit it later. People will love it. So Tommy Lee Wallace is production uh, props master guy for John John Carpenter for that film. Okay. His best friend too. Um, so he was sent out to get a bunch of masks. They need need something for the killer. They haven't even filmed the movie yet. They just need. This is some they need, shit. They need Michael Myers. So they bought an Emmett Kelly mask. They bought all Don Post masks. Okay. I'm Don Post. Was, Don Post was like a big mask maker in the 70s 60s you gotcha. know he made a lot of the cool like devil masks and all those weird okay. shit which is um, so he bought an Emmett Kelly mask which is you know a clown old Emmett clown got a Captain Kirk mask and I think he also got a Leonard Nimoy Spock mask so he looked at all these masks and he was like okay you need to alter these somehow and make it look scary. scary so he went right for the Captain Kirk mask and he opened up the holes <laughs> Took the hair out, took out the sideburns. Okay. So he had like this kind of mohawky kind of look, messed up hair. Yeah. Opened up the eye holes, like I said, and took appliance white, epoxy white paint and spray painted the thing. Holy and, shit. And spray painted the hair like brown black yeah. to mess it up. And there's the mask. Holy shit. So when I heard this, it was that it's simple, awesome. that easy to make. What did I do? I went on eBay and I bought thing. a bunch of reissue Captain Kirk Don Post masks and I did the same thing. Holy shit. And after that, it just started this whole road of wanting to make masks. And I started buying other masks. I started making different versions of Michael Myers masks. Made, I've made, seen, made man. a Halloween one, a Halloween two one, a 1978 one. And now I just Holy now shit. I just bought um um uh, a Kurt Barlow Vampire Salem's Lot uh, latex blank mask, which okay. I'm going to paint. I just bought a whole airbrush system with mask paint, uh, a latex Holy latex shit. acrylic la- uh, mask paint. So I'm going to go for it. That's fucking so I'm gonna, awesome, I'm, man. I just started getting into mask making, and that's what I'm going to do on yeah, the side. Yeah, see the stuff you were doing. That's crazy, yeah. man. But I'm not going to use, next time I'm not going to use, you know, spray cans and stuff. Yeah. I'm going to use real mask paint. You know what's interesting? You remind me a lot. As I'm talking to my brother Tracy, my older brother. Oh. He's in the movie business for like 20 years, Panavision, other things. He's mm. done a bunch of horror movies. Really? He's into that. Everything he's talked about, he has one of those masks too from the original movie or something. Okay. I'm going to connect you sometime because he's- I'd in, love to he, meet him. He's into all the shit you're into. He put a movie out. What's his name? Tracy Morris. And so he's done a bunch of like, his favorite shit is horror movies. Tracy, don't get mad at me if I say it wrong. <laughs> but Tracy did this movie, I forgot what it's called, and- it was his first horror movie. What is it? And it tanked so bad in the movie attendance across the country that it became a cult classic because it did so bad in the movie theaters. I have to find the name of this fucking movie. It's probably my favorite My brother movie. Tracy did. You've probably seen it. Um, but you remind me of a lot. Just everything you talk... I know, it's weird. Just now when you said the whole story, I was like, you remind me of Tracy. I need to connect you. Because <laughs> you're to the him. same shit. I'd love to meet him. He has all that shit. He has all the horror I'm shit. I'm surprised I've never met you. He's been out way before me since early 90s. Right. 
but he's always in the movie business whole life and, right and music too he does other different bands but and he's a crazy artist and oh wow yeah so yeah he, he'd be stoked on that that's great um Fuck. I learned a lot about you. I didn't even know you in Pennsylvania. Like all the stuff we talked about, Allentown. I only know that from going to the airport music hall and all oh that God. shit back. The crazy riots there with back in the I was there for that life. exploded show where, where the mace happened. Oh, there was a lot after Well my, that my, my 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 band where Made Flesh opened up that show. Okay. And we all got maced. Yeah, there was a lot after that too with other bands going I, through. I heard about that. But I, I thought you were only from New York. It's your whole journey is fucking amazing, mm-hmm. man. So Thanks, man. Thanks for being here. I appreciate your time and um I'm glad we're, glad we're all connected here in California. We're gonna hang out more once this COVID shit's. Oh yeah, you know? definitely. And um, I'm stoked for you with all all the shit you've been doing and all the bands you've been in. And it makes me happy that my son loves your band. He's like, <laughs> I once that. I realized you were in that band, I was like, oh, I know that guy. That's my friend. He's like, what? You know the drummer? <laughs> like they're gonna freak out that you're here right now. But he, he found Stone Sour on his own, not through me. And That's pretty his, rad. You know what I mean? Like, it's a very small world, especially in the music biz, man. Absolutely. Um, well, awesome, bro. Thanks for being here, Roy. And uh, what's your Instagram? People can follow you on Roy Mayorga official. Sick. Thanks for being here, Derek, my, my co-host. It's, it's the it's the Instagram with the eyeball. You can't miss it. It's my co-host, Derek Green. Yeah, does, yeah. Doesn't need a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the most powerful voice in, in the business. Yeah, he does. I try, I try my best. You don't even need a microphone. Dude, we, we, we just played at Nam like, like six months ago. Dude, your voice, man, just almost blew me off the freaking drum kit. Because yeah, it came through, the, came through the monitors. He's like, I was like, Jesus. What, what, He's powerful. Oh, What's the take on Derek's COVID mustache? I'm backing it, man. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are loving the Hightower Danny Glover look. But, um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> but when Roy came down to audition, it wasn't really audition. He just came down to jam to before play. we went on tour. He was headbanging so hard, he was bleeding from hitting his head on the snare. No, actually, it was the Tom in front of me. It was just like, whack. My, my, my forehead caught the rim. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, this kid is I'm like, oh. I, I went, ow. And then I looked down, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Headbanging yes. blood was coming out. Oh yeah, yeah like, Max, you guys can start. Go. Yeah, we're done. Um, so Max's band's gonna be playing. We're gonna come out and say hi to you guys real quick. All right, Roy, thank you, Derek, thank you. Ooh, maybe we'll do a part two some other day when I'm thinking more things to talk about. We covered a lot of shit though, man. Yeah, learned a lot about you today, man. Actually, yeah, you covered pretty much your whole everything. life. I don't this think I don't life. think I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone about how I. I don't think I've ever told anyone about any of this stuff. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate well, your thanks time, for, man. Thanks for, uh, you We're know. We're going to do a photo, right? We shut this shit off, though. Yeah. Thank you, Roy. Thank you. Your name's not Ray. It's Roy. I know that shit. R-O-Y. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Let's do a picture with the headphones. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Thank you, bro. That was, that was awesome. awesome, brother. Killed it. Fuck yeah, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the next one.